Hey, is this thing on? Lance, Nick, ready? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Live Free and Hunt podcast. It's been a while. We're back. <laughs> we are finally back, everyone. I know it's been a little break here, but uh, we're going to start rolling off the rest of this year doing more podcasts and stuff. Just finally locking down on some things, guys. Yeah, we've been busy. So, yeah, uh, we just... had our summer break, and uh, we're going to get back to two podcasts a month. Um, <laughs> today is July 10th. We had Mutsy, Nate, Justin. We talked. Uh, we recapped a little bit of turkey season, talked some bear baiting, and uh, we got in some uh, whitetail tactics. Yep, got a lot, lot of whitetail tactics. Yeah. Um, some tracking. Yeah, all together. It was just a great group of guys. They've hunted a lot around Maine, Massachusetts, and uh, New Hampshire, and they've shot a lot of nice deer, and they just know how to get it done, I guess. Stone so, cold Yeah, killers. they just they just get it done on the ground So uh, and in the tree. But We yeah. had a blast hanging out with those guys tonight. It was fun. Yep. And uh, hopefully we link back up yeah. here shortly. Definitely catch back up with them, but uh, heck yeah! So let's uh, let's get this on the roll. Let's do it. You're like a bad deck of cards that loves to lose. You don't listen to me, and I don't want you to, cause we sure have fun. Throwing my money away You bet high, I bet low You're all in and I'm all broke Another paycheck down the drain Live Free and Hunt podcast episode, I don't even know what it is It's been, uh, we've had our summer break Uh, Everybody's been busy, besides Nick What you been doing, Nick? Working on the Camaro. Working on the Camaro. <laughs> I've been busy with work, kids, kids sports, behind the eight ball with putting cameras out, scouting. I haven't gotten in the woods at all. Lance, been busy with work. Yeah, it's just nothing but terrible. Yeah, it's, it's awful. been nothing but yeah. terrible. Just side generally, we're in the woods, like we're in the woods, and then have some cameras out, kind of have an inventory of what's where, and this year nothing. So. Hopefully, we'll still pull the trigger on something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something's dying. <laughs> well, hopefully, we'll, we'll figure something out. Um, so, uh, who do we got on today? We'll go around this way. Who do we got here? Uh, Nate Fenderson. There you go. Lance, obviously. Yep. Justin Thibodeau. Justin Thibodeau. Mark Matthew. Mark Matthew. Um, so, I think we're just gonna we're gonna bullshit about some hunting stories. I want to get into tracking and uh, bear seasons coming up. So if we can talk about a little bit of um, maybe selecting a bait site or uh, a good area to um, look towards. I think, think you have a few around you. I'm not sure. I'm yeah, on. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you're setting up a bait site, um, what do you guys you know? What do you guys gravitate? If you look at a map, what do you gravitate first to like for starters? I look at mass crop, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like sometimes they'll call the bell just in the area where it is, depending on where it is, see what type of mass crops are in the area. Um, 
we do a lot of looking at the maps, topos. I like wet areas, yeah. especially during the heat and stuff. I find a lot of those big bears, they like to be in that wet, boggy areas. They're and they're coming out of it. They're laying there all day. Yeah. They lay in there all day, and then they come out, and they go to feed, and they go right back down in again. Yeah. So those are kind of the big areas that we try to look for. Uh, honestly, the biggest thing is looking for permission. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I guess that's our biggest issue also. But I've always heard, like, you know, you got to get into some old timber or dark timber and... and um, Swamps. Yeah. I like swamps. Yeah. Justin, yeah. pull your mic up just a little bit. Is that thing? Yeah, I do. What the heck? I have the loudest voice here, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, when you kind of zone into a spot there, like you said, is either wet and near mass crop, what do you do uh, to a bait site to make it where they want to come in to the where you want them to come in see part of the key is with bear hunting and i've always found this and i've baited for years in maine and new hampshire is bears will go pretty much where you want them to go with a bait site and scent um we tend to you know and some people will disagree with this but me tibbs and mark we've done this a lot is we've had sites that are up high mm-hmm. and because you've got those thermals and that scent goes down over the hill those big bears and stuff will go up there and they'll come right back down with those thickets but we like to like i said before we like being near those wet boggy areas outside of those where the oaks or the beaches are uh wherever the mass crop is going to be mm-hmm. and you know try to keep it to where there's areas that you don't want to be set right up in the thickest thing there is because bears are pretty elusive you won't hear them come in generally you'll be turning around you look all over the place and all of a sudden you look and there's a bear you just looked through there five minutes ago and there's right. nothing and all of a sudden there he is and they'll cover quite a distance um, so we kind of look for open areas to, to set up in off the thickets. And once the bears get comfortable with it, what we found, especially in New Hampshire, is because you can't bait till the first day of the summer right. you can hunt. Yeah, huh? And putting the cameras in, as soon as that bear hits that bait and it's a bear that you want to harvest, that's when you want to sit there because he's, he's the he's most gonna... comfortable coming in. And you'll catch him off guard coming in. And the, and the key is, is you'll catch other bears coming in. So we use a lot of, uh, like, grease. You know, violated grease, bacon grease. And what we do with that is we spread it all around the ground in front of the bait site. And everybody's like, well, why would you do that? You're leaving a scent trail. When they get it on their pads and their paws and they're Mm. walking those trails, other bears come in. I mean, you're going to have raccoons and stuff like that come in. That still helps. But that helps because they're leaving scent trails everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, that's some of the stuff that that really has worked well for us have you ever like had an issue with like your backdrop like i've heard that they want to come downhill or uphill if you're in a scenario like that is there any you ever had an issue with that like where you kind of feel like there's a bear up there but he just won't come in till till dark because of the terrain uh yeah we we've had that before i mean some of the things that we do though is especially with the cameras and stuff you'll see that some of those bigger bears will actually hit they'll wait just before you get out what we do then is we'll follow the bear trails back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, generally you can kind of see where the bigger bears come through, and we'll go up in a climbing tree stand 50, 75 yards from the actual bait site. Yeah. And when that bear comes in in his comfort zone and you're off the side of his trail, he comes in and gets hung up. It's almost like hunting a big buck. Right, yeah. Same, strange, same, yeah. same thing. We've done that, and we've harvested some really big bears that way that get hung up, that don't want to come in, and uh, it's worked out pretty good for good, us. Good deal. Um, I, I totally skipped over turkey season here, and I know everybody's... Uh, went right to bear bait. Yeah, because like, well, bear yeah, turkey season it was kind of shit for us, but... Um, we had a lot of birds just not wanting to work, uh, a lot of quiet mornings, even though it seemed like a lot of people had a lot of success uh, success out there. We yeah. just didn't. We just seemed... It's just us. Yeah. It's, a, it's us. It's because Tibbs and Mutsy, they killed them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <probably. laughs> 
There's always one more. Yeah, yeah. I know. But it's just, yeah, we just had a trouble uh, season just with getting birds to kind of talk after they hit the ground and just stay vocal with us. I it's just, as soon as you think that you know, like I am the turkey guy. Like I can just call in any bird, whatever. They'll kick you right in the nuts because guess what? It didn't happen. We we had we we set up uh, our our first setup of the day. I, there's what, a spot opening morning. Opening morning. There's a spot that we've hunted for I don't know since I was probably seven years old. The birds oh. are in the same not the same tree but same area every single morning, and you can catch a gobble and then make a move. It's a guarantee. And guarantee. It's never not been that. Well, this year was that. It was different. They were more scared of the decoys, it seemed. Like, e- even just being opening day, even though we, we had a pile of jakes that came down first, yep. and they saw that hen decoy, and they're just like, yeah. Alarm putt. See and you out. later. Yeah, yeah, alarm putt. I'm like, what happened? It's like, <laughs> I was like, they saw the camera. They yeah. saw you. They saw somebody. I'm way over there, yeah. yeah. These birds, they, they change day to day, too. I mean, yeah. you, you can hunt a, uh, a gobbler one day, and then it'll be so hard to kill. Come back in the next morning and right. boom, he's right I, on you. That's you know? what I feel like. Is like if you're gonna kill the bird, the f- well this weekend or this year it started on a Saturday, right? Yeah. So that was tough because usually it's like a Thursday or something, yep. and you can go in there and get your first bird at least. <laughs> yeah, before <laughs> yeah. everyone else is out. On yeah. Saturday. But like you said, I think as soon as you hunt a bird, you know it's it's uh they get pressured and then they're just they disappear. And, they make different moves. We, we had one bird in a, in a neighborhood, kind of like, you know, it was big woods in there. We call yeah. it a neighborhood, but um, three years in a row, same bird. And he's still alive. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> well, there was another one with it. That's a smart bird. <laughs> there was another one with it, and I had missed it. But we know it's the same bird because mm-hmm. it was just, I mean, did the same thing every day. Right. Um, and then one day we went, and 10 minutes, it was over. Came right in. Just like that. Yeah. Just, just, he just, just gets by the set day. Up his turn to shoot. I just get behind him. Right. Make a few calls. They'll come that distance until they start getting nervous. Yeah. So if your caller and shooter are separated, it makes a big difference. So you're setting your caller back. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, I mean, we never use decoys. Yeah. We, we yeah. did yeah. one well, time. We tried and it's just not working for us. Yeah. yeah. It's just uh, a lot of people getting yeah. in the woods and doing you know like he said and we do me and nate we do the same thing strike a gobble and then yeah we strike a gobble set up it the the biggest thing is is trying to determine where that turkey's going to go because obviously as you know yeah they're finicky on where they want to walk so when you're going into a brand new spot you you know you make a call you get a response that's great but you don't know if he wants to come your way yeah so yeah you're trying to shorten it up but you don't want to get picked off right and they seem to be going away and then you try to get around, and you either run out of road or, or you're in a or you get posted busted. area or something. You've done that. <laughs> so sometimes some of these birds, it took us three or four attempts, you know, different days. Where we find, okay, they seem to be going that way. So And their attitudes changed every yeah, day. Yeah, we try to get around them, change a call, soften it up, because these birds are now it's late in the season. They've so heard a lot of calls, and, but always from the same places. Mm-hmm. You know, these little pull-offs and things right, like that. Right, right. That's a good going in, yeah. So we, well, would, we, we actually would walk in the woods a good 100 yards before we did anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worst-case scenario, we've got to turn around and walk 100 yeah. out. That's, yeah. that's it. I right. found this year using a, a jake. It's almost like a it's almost like a key key is the only thing I can, I can tell you what it sounds like, but it's an actual jake call. And it, it it sounds like that. It's not a kiki, but it's a long type noise. 
And the first time I heard it, it happen in the woods was a Jake that did it, and I was like, man, something's wrong with that bird. But <laughs> yeah. a big tom come running at him, and I'm like, well, wow. It's, it's 2021, so. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. It's true. You know what I was going on. No, we related to it. You know, it's like I heard that, and I'm like, I wonder if I could do that. So I did it on a mouth call and tried it a couple times, and I actually had a couple toms break to come in. Yeah. Um, you know, this year I was very fortunate. My son is in the Navy. And he was able nice. to come home, which was really cool. He only had a few days to come in, and it's like Christmas when he comes in. Uncle Tibbs is like, dude, when he's like, Uncle Tibbs is like, Aunt, go. we're going to kill every turkey there is between <laughs> Maine and Andrew. You're going to get them all. <laughs> and so we go out, and it, it's funny. So we get in the spot, and we got these four giant toms coming in, and we're, we're trying to videotape too. So we got everything videoing. And I'm sitting next to him and telling him, no, don't, don't shoot yet because we want to get some good footage. And they're coming right in, and we got the two hands that are laying down right in front of us. And these two big birds walk in and then all of a sudden here comes the other two and they're like 35 yards. And he's looking at me like, can I shoot? Can I shoot? And I'm like, no, no, not yet. This is great footage. This is great footage. <laughs> it's going to strut right here. <laughs> and it's, they go into strut and I say, okay, when they go behind that tree and they come out, you can shoot. Yeah. Well, he doesn't say anything. And I'm like, he ain't shooting. What's going on? So when they went behind the tree, he couldn't see him. Oh. So they had spent like 30 minutes within 35 yards and then decided to walk out. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So he's like, Dad, yeah, the next time when I get him that close, I'm just going to shoot him. So you hope you get the camera right. on. Yeah. And I felt bad because I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, you know, he comes in and his first morning, he got these, you know, finally we had some birds come in and, and uh, he didn't get it. And then we go to the next spot and where they had 20 minutes, a bird runs in and he misses it. And I'm like, you're in the military. You got like expert marksmanship. How did you miss it with a shotgun? And he's like, "Really, Dad? Really?" Yeah. I started laughing. It was funny, but he ended up getting a couple good birds in in Maine and a few misses in New Hampshire. That's pretty I think good. we've all done that. <laughs> I myself did it this year. Twice. Yeah, yeah. Me I'm pretty too. sure I speak for Mark too. Oh, yeah. I, I I woofed a nice one. <laughs> I don't want to show the. See, picture. I didn't hear. No, the, don't. You, you guys didn't tell me that. I get the pitches when you shoot one. I didn't get the storyline. Oh, I got a good. Get I got a good picture of. <laughs> A monster tom at like 25 yards, all uh, puffed up. I'm able to get a nice still photo, and he missed it. <laughs> yeah, looked awesome. it right over the head right or something. Well, he's, yeah. he's coming up uphill, kind of, and he's head on. And I'm like, well, I don't want to shoot him in the chest because I don't want to ruin the, the breast meat. Yeah. So I aim just a touch higher and too close, and it whiffled right over. Yeah. So you know I'm going to find the picture now, Mutsy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, well, if you guys have had this happen, so I got this big bird coming in, I'm videotaping him, using tactic cams on the guns and stuff, yeah. and it's been pretty cool. And they're coming in, he's coming in. I shoot, and it was almost like he, I, I want to say he ducked. That's what I'll go with. And uh, he runs out, 10 feet, stops. Well, I only put one bullet in the gun. Mm -hmm. So now I'm trying to eject the shell, put another bullet in, and I'll be damned if that bird didn't stand there. And I finally got the shot, and I was able to harvest him. Oh, my God. I called my wife up, and I said, I don't know if he was just stunned or he was like, man, this guy really does not have another bullet in his gun. I've never <laughs> watch yeah. this, you know. But, no. Yeah. Obviously, the only time is when a bird comes in with another one, and no, boom, I, and that other one hangs around. But, no, I've never had a – I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I've seen them after you shoot and you miss or something. They kind of settle down. Like, like, yeah, what was that? Well, what was that? And then, Did you find it? Oh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah. Yeah, that is awesome. that's the one he missed. That is awesome. Oh. We're in a nice, you know, natural blind. The good, yeah. thing, right the good thing it was late blind. enough in the season where he's probably still going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> he made up for it. I'll tell you, the one thing for us, though, and it's a big part of, oh, yeah. of what we do. This is right beside your house. This moves. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was yep. cool. Perfect. Is taking youth out. So youth day. Yeah. Every yeah. year, Maine, New Hampshire, we, we have youths that, you know, our kids are growing up. Justin, thankfully, he, he's got a young boy that 
his son, we get to take out, and he's a slayer just like I was Thibodeau. Say he's a killer. I've seen some. <laughs> oh, he's a slayer. Yeah. He, he really is. And, and the kid is just awesome to be around. And yeah. it's like, I miss that because my son is old enough now where, you know, he's a man. He's doing his own thing. Right. We're not having many kids. So any youth that we can find that we can take out, we spend youth days turkey hunting, deer hunting, you name it, just trying to get the youth out there and enjoy what we do. Yeah, excellent. I mean, got to keep it going. You have to, and it's the only yeah. way. Like, and Turkey is a great way to oh, introduce kids. You know, absolutely. just to hear they're vocal, and then, uh, we've talked about this yeah, number of times. times but um, it, yeah, it's the, the best way to do the it. The weather's warmer, right? Yeah, the only thing yeah. is, late in the season, it gets buggy. They don't like that. Yeah. But at least they're not sitting there freezing. And it's, right. sometimes you're moving, running, and gunning. I've taken my kids out like for deer season, like youth week and deer season, and it's just not the like. They're still young, but it's just not the same because it's either cold and you're gonna we're gonna stay here for how long? You know, it's like yeah, well, when are they coming? Yeah, <laughs> it's tough. I know everybody listening to this podcast is probably turkeyed out on turkey talk, so um, I just want to recap on turkey season and let everybody know what we did and yeah, nothing how you guys did. <laughs> <laughs> but we it were. is what is what is today? July eleventh, I think. Tenth, July tenth. That was tenth. Um, gonna bring up the collage, Mutsy. <laughs> I was looking like, for it. What have you guys? Uh, what, do you guys do put a lot of uh, like time and energy the into collage. pre like pre scouting? This was for this deer. Year? Yeah, for deer. So three. Last I'll, three years. I'll be honest with you. Deer hunting is probably my single most. And I can probably speak for these two also. It is my life. Yeah, it's yeah. probably yeah. our biggest like Second turkey, bear, kid. moose, all that stuff. It gets us to to, to deer season. To deer season. Yep. Yeah. Deer season to us, it's it's almost like a religion. My wife would say, and she's laughed. She's like, you know, I, you know, I get on. You're addicted to this. Literally, like addicted yeah, to it. Yeah. She's like, all you like, we're driving down the road. I'm like, oh, do you see that deer? Let's start. And I'm out there looking at it. And I'm like, you know, I can put a camera in there. And it's probably a big buck and stuff. But <laughs> now this time of year is we're right now is. We're looking for areas for expanded archery or even archery in New Hampshire. 62 mm-hmm. days. It, yeah. See he, <laughs> see, he knows it right down. He probably got the hours and minutes. Yeah. Down. <laughs> but it's true. We live and breathe it. And, you know, we've got cameras out right now running, and we're seeing the antler growth. We know they're, they're early season. They're going to be pretty easy to pattern. Yep. Yep. And then as it starts to get a little later, they're going to get the pecking order straightened out. And then we really start focusing on, on key areas for big bucks. So the, I – this is like my issue is when you're, you're putting cameras in the woods to find inventory or if you put them over scrapes or you're like freshening scrapes up this is I mean, right now we're just getting an idea of what's in the area everything's right. going to change yeah. exactly so you're just you're just pretty much putting them out where you think they're going to be trying to get and trying to get some hit lists you're going to yeah. you're going to start you're, you'll probably be switching them around too I'm oh guessing. absolutely oh yeah so, it so isn't just, the issue oh, that we've the issue that we <laughs> stop, stop with the phone. The issue that we're having, and I've always had, is you know you put a camera somewhere and you're like, all right, this looks like a good spot. And some of the time, those deer will hang throughout deer season there. Besides the rut, well, you get a couple pictures of some good deer, but then that's it. And that's it. But everything changes, and it's they line it up perfect with bow season because you get like one yeah. week for those summer deer that you've been tracking and then everything is different you get a it's it's pretty amazing too though you know bow hunting early like we do you notice deer actually start to rut earlier than you think right i I see scrapes in the beginning of september that you know most people think you know starts in october but these deer are starting to ramp up pretty early yeah i mean do you think that is like 
where you are hunting deer, like if it, if this is a, a main hunt that's expanded archery, do you think that's like a you see that all over the board, or do you yeah, see it in I mean, certain areas? I'm only seeing it in that area because that's what we're right, right. We're, yeah. we're keyed to have to hunt that. Depends area. how many deer per square square mile to yeah. big, and, yeah. you know, buck, big buck to doe ratio, right? And obviously, you have different types of scrapes. The scrapes that even you know they use all year long. One they'll just do one and take off. But and with the scrapes, like so, I use I, I do a lot of scrape hunting. I do a lot of scrape. I put out a lot of scrapes. Last year, I had 22 scrape mock scrapes out. And I do wow. this, and I start these, and, and the reason why I do it is because most say, well, you, you're wasting scent because you're doing it early. Nope. I don't because what happens is it's just like conditioning the deer to, once they start urinating in that scrape, they make it their own. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't have to use as much scent. Once they get that, as a, that becomes their natural scrape that they're using. I put the camera on. I'll have deer there all year long. And I put those in strategic areas. And they're just good. They're coming through. They're checking in. Pinch points. Yeah. Pinch points is where I put them because you know the deer are going to funnel through there. And a lot of times, if you can't find a licking branch and stuff, I'll make my own. Or I'll hang a branch down out of a tree off a rope where yep. they can get their antlers in it. Um, I've got hundreds upon hundreds of pitches of deer mutsy tibs but all of us do of deer hitting these scrapes now that doesn't necessarily mean they're all going to be there during deer season but it gives us an idea of when they're coming through what's coming through and it helps us really refine in where we want to be right and Um, i mean he's talking about he did 22 scrapes he could literally reuse those same scrapes these deer are patternable yeah, if yeah. I'm saying that right, but right. they do the same thing every year. Yeah, and I mean, you take out a big buck, the next one in line is going to do the same. And thing. at some point, you probably don't have to make box scrapes anymore because they're just going to take them. Yeah, the adult does in that area. If nobody's shooting them, they're going to raise their young there, mm-hmm. and then when the bucks start getting curious, they're going to come and follow the scent from the. The hardest deer in the woods is, the, is an adult, though. Yep. Yeah, it is. And I've got a couple of spots where I've taken, like, a hemlock branch and tie wrap it to a spot mm-hmm. on, a, like, a hardwood because it's in a good spot for me. And, and boom, so pictures, just, pictures just start coming in. No shit. Really? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I mean that branch will dry out and be junk. I'll just put a new one there the next year, a couple yeah. tie wraps. Yep. Good to go. As long as that's on the ground there. If it's in a good spot. It works well. Because the same smaller deer will come through there. Yeah. Huh. See, another key to some of this that we use is, so after deer season, and it hits January, February, right, you can go through the woods, and you can see the deer trails and yeah. stuff like that it's if there's no snow, you know what I mean? More, but, yeah. Or even <clears> after <throat> the snow melts, you can see all the deer trails, the old mock scrapes and everything. We inventory all that. We walk the woods looking for sheds, and we inventory, hey, you saw a scrape over here. We saw a rub line over here. And what happens is in those real, real thick areas, if we have permission on the properties, we'll ask if we can cut some trails through the swamps and stuff. And this is something that's really worked well for us is we'll pick certain trees that we can get into with climbers or a regular set or even a ground blind. Mm -hmm. And we will make trails during the wintertime to intersect and they will all cross in one point or two points. And and then we go. And I'll tell you, what happens is, is during this time of year, that becomes their natural trails, their natural funnels. And they're all handmade by us to funnel them to where we want them to be. Putting those mock scrapes out. That's just another key and recipe to, to harvesting a really good deer. <laughs> Tur- back to turkey season. That, I mean, that's huge for us. We use yeah, turkey season for scouting, but for also getting permission. Yeah, you know, right. we see a, a place that's piles of you know deer tracks and whatever yeah, they're else. dropping through the winter where they wintered there all yeah, right. It's, in, a, in it's the a good time for... to talk to people and, yeah. and try to get permission. Sneaking, yeah. How, how like, 
when, when I know you're talking, you just t- talked about like wintering. Like, how much do you put that into your, your in, scouting? In your scouting, because I know it's kind of like when when they are wintering, it's probably the tail end. If there's a lot of snow, it's the tail end of the season. And we like we me and Lance uh, during turkey season went into a, it, like you can see the bark stripped off. Yeah, you know. Again, it's it's more of an inventory thing. You're, okay. you're getting you an idea of what's in there. there. But I mean, okay. in a yeah. in a real bad winter or even a normal winter towards the end, those deer could have traveled five miles right. to to find shelter yeah. and yeah. food. So you know, you might see there's two or three big bucks there, but they're gonna be. They that, I'm, be gone. I'm always like, and there's like a, the devil and the angel in my head. It's like during turkey season, you know, it's. You can see all. Oh, look at this area. Yeah, yeah. it's just late winter, nice. but I'm yeah. like, well, well, these deer always like this. But it I, gives you a general idea. Yeah. Of there's deer there. Coming so, this way. pile. You know, Tippo brings up a good point. You know, inventory and stuff like that. But when you think about it, though, in the areas that we're hunting in southern New Hampshire and southern Maine, there's a lot of residential areas, right? Yeah. Yeah. These deer don't have to travel as far to no. eat, right? right? So yeah. when you find those wintering areas, if you can do a circle on a map within, usually we stay within five to ten miles, right? Do a ten mile circle around it. And then look at the topo maps and your maps on Google Earth and start looking at the key areas where they would be. You can really define and, and refine where they're going to be and start putting in mock scrapes and trail cameras. We'll move our trail cameras sometimes weekly, it seems like, you know, if we're not picking up any activity right. until we can find the activity that we're looking for. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that late season stuff, you know, when the snow melts is, is a good indicator of what last year's sign was. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the same next year, but... Generally, if you guys have been hunting the same areas, you know, most hunters, they hunt the same area year after year. Mm -hmm. It's the same type setup, right? So you're trying to refine in and figure out exactly where those deer are going to be and where you're going to get your opportunity to harvest the biggest buck that's there. Sometimes just another hundred yards. You're going to come into an area. It's like, wow, how did I miss this? God damn, that's yeah, that yeah, is yeah. my that is 100% that's the worst thing right I, I do though. Like if if uh, early like muzzleloader season, I don't have a. I'm not trying to sit in a stand. I'm just kind of poking. You yeah. know, I'm still hunting. I'll sit here for a minute, and I'm like, all right. I'll walk, grunt a little bit, and I'm like, oh, what's over there? There's another. I'm, I'm next thing you know, I'm miles miles away from where I should be, where all the deer sign that I scouted was. <laughs> but it's just one of those things. I typically don't spend more than 30 <laughs> minutes in a spot. Yeah, I, I find a spot where I think there's you know potential for a buck to be. Yeah. That's all I do is call. Bear bare ground. Unless I'm tracking, I'm calling. And <clears> yeah. you can ask these. That's all I do. Yeah, and I've killed. How I mean, often? So hold many. On. I, I want to get into. I want to go through archery season, yep. and then we'll get. I want to get into that bare ground, not tracking, but still hunting, and then yeah, that's that's, 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 that's bow hunting. I'll tell you, bow hunting. One of the key things, and I tell everybody, if you want to make yourself a better deer hunter, mm-hmm. get into bow hunting. Absolutely, get yeah. into bow hunting because you're going to hear vocalization. You're going to see early patterns. You're going to see more what? deer. You're going to have to watch the deer versus pulling the gun up and shooting one. Right, and you learn so much by how deer move, how vocal they are, by when the rut comes in, all that stuff, by having a bow in your hand. Right. And yeah, I mean, it's just like you're getting an extra month of scouting yeah, if, right. if you don't shoot one. Cool right. little story, <laughs> uh, bow hunting last year on opening day when I killed that big eight. I had, uh, you know, a basket rack six come in, and then right behind that, there was another eight-pointer. And they were both decent deer. I, I think most people would have shot. And I was getting ready to shoot mm-hmm. the eight-pointer, and I could hear... A deer smashing a tree, raking its branches, and just tearing a tree up in the background. So I had, I was forced 
to let these two deer walk by, <laughs> and I was just like beside myself, like, oh my lord, please yeah. let that. Am be I making a mistake? This this is hard for me. And <clears throat> when those deer were walking, they were. To me, they would look scared. Yeah. They were like looking back yeah, and kind of skittish, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, there's got to be something bigger. And then, you know, it was the best decision I ever made. Those two deer got out of sight, and that deer, when it done, uh, finished raking the trees, it followed those two, stepped right out perfectly, 20, 20 yards. That's Perfect the big shot. monster came out. Yeah, you know what I mean, but. It's the cool things like that you see. I mean, there was there was four. I ended up being four. Yeah, because generally you would never just you'd like, no. You'd there, I mean, four, four the first one and be four box together. I yeah. got I got three kids. One's going in the freezer. You know, yeah. <laughs> boom. The, you I know. mean, I was close. When you're, yeah. when you're expanded archery, it's pretty much anything you see goes. These yeah. these places are hunted hard. Pockets is so many deer, and there's just there's a ton of people, people hunting. hunting. Yeah. Um, but the scent, like we use, like we had this one spot. We did a figure eight scent. Around early season, right? Yeah. And you're thinking that these deer are not going to, you know, they're going to hit the scent. They're not going to come in. And I'll never forget it. I was talking to you guys, texting, because we all text each other on the phone. It's amazing. You know? <laughs> oh, we're all, yeah. To get by oh, the yeah. time, we're either playing video games on the phone or we're, we're texting each other. Like, hey, did you see up. anything? Or, hey, yeah. I just saw a giant buck. And, you know, and, you know, getting on each other, which is fun. And I'll never forget it. I was just talking to these guys. And I was saying, you know, I hadn't got in the stand that much. And I'm like, I finally got a night to hunt. Right. And. I'm sitting there, and they're all talking. Hey, I saw a spike. Nah, nothing. I saw a doe. Uh, nothing. And my son had just texted me. He said, Dad, hey, you've seen anything? I'm like, nah. He goes, ah. He goes, well, you haven't seen nothing. You might see a big one tonight. He goes, you know, I bet when you stand up, there's going to be one right behind you. And I'm just laughing at him. And I heard something. I'll never forget it. I stand up, and I look, and there's a giant eight-pointer standing behind me. And I'm like, holy smokes. Now I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to stand up. You know, you go through that whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, Don't squeak your boot. No. <laughs> yeah. Finally was able to get up, and I shot. And it was just like Justin. He sends me the picture of his big buck. Well, I talked to him like two seconds before that, and he says, yeah, I'm going to get down. We'll go get some breakfast. And like two seconds later, he's like, I just shot a giant buck. That's how quick it can happen. Yeah. And I was about to get out. He was. Too. Yeah. And the thing is, is we're, we're all you know, like family, you know, best buds and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're messing with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, send me a picture. You know what I mean? And, and, and he, he sends the picture, and I just about, holy smokes. I couldn't get to him fast enough. But, you know, it was the same thing that night. I, I harvested that, that big buck. I hit him, and, and everybody comes down and celebrates. Right. You know, that that's, that's with everybody, thing, you know, yeah. we all hang together. We all share the stories. And it's just like you feel like you're part of that hunt. And that's, that's like the key. That 220-pound one you got with your bow there in the field. Remember that? Now, I, I shot a doe. Yep. Oh, that's right. I'm coming out of my lattice stand. He's getting down to help me, and he stands up to go to get down, and three bucks walk right underneath him. Yeah, he ended up shooting one. 220 pounds oh, or shit. something like yeah. that. Yeah, that's such a rewarding feeling, especially yeah. like we cut up yeah. our own deer. I got whole, Lance's whole family on a 108 pound buck. Everyone, yeah, my whole family pretty much showed up to the tag and station there, like, right before. They're like, the "Who deer? shot the deer?" I'm like, we got a bunch of people here. Like, where's but, the monster? No, yeah. it's it's the basket six. <laughs> yeah. But awesome. it's that thing though. But you it's know, making those memories. You know, yeah, and yeah. a four point is a monster. Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah. enjoyed shooting it, that's if, all if that the hunt was not, good, yeah. that's all that matters. Hey, yeah. Yeah. How many times have we shot does and it's been like oh, it's just we're on fun. top of the world? Right? Man, I mean, if you hear it leaf crack or crunch and it doesn't make your heart go, then it's time to hang it up. Yeah. Right. Another big part is just like uh, we do all our field dress um, butchering ourselves, so we'll yep. bring it to one of the garages or something. We're all just get yeah, together have, and yeah, hang out. We do the same. A couple cold brewskis, you know. Yeah. Honestly, I there goes a finger. I hang out at a barn. We all hang out there. My dad introduced me to these guys when I was a baby. And I've hunted 
out of that barn since I was a kid. That's awesome. Those guys, I still hunt with them. Mm. They introduced me to this stuff. You know, if it wasn't for any of those guys, I wouldn't be where I am now. Yeah. I just became an addict over it. Yeah, yeah it and, just depends if you want to go to the next level or not. Right. Yeah. But we all meet there after hunting. We all hang our deer there, everybody. Yeah. So sometimes there'll be eight, nine deer hanging out front from yeah. all different guys. Yeah. You know, we hang out, we have a beverage and be cook food and... Yeah, the food is awesome. He cooks all kinds of stuff. And it's just like we share all those stories. Yeah, yeah the stories, you know, and you know. it's just a laugh. I mean, we're at, we're in that barn until midnight sometimes. Right. Yeah. If it, yeah, if it's like a hunt club atmosphere, you know, there's nothing like that. So like, the inside of that barn <clears throat> looks like this wall times a thousand yeah i mean we all put our deer heads in there you don't have to say anything about my wall (laughs) (laughs) no but you know we all put our deer heads in there and we all just there's a story behind every one of them and and you were you remember it's amazing what you can remember when you look at a deer head like that you know it is but those guys man they 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 brought me up doing that you know my dad and then all the guys in that barn and i it's amazing i still get to hunt with them yeah that's the best part of hunting yeah is being there so rolling into, I guess, uh, like the tail end of bow season and uh, muzzleloader season. Found him dead. What are you guys doing on bare ground? For are you still hunting on the stands at that point? Uh, muzzleloader. I I bring a climber with me. We we have climbers all the time with us. But yeah. A lot of the times when me and Justin are hitting an area. We're looking at the topographical maps, and we're going into the areas where there's a lot of mass crop and stuff, because it's mm-hmm. dropping at that point. Right. And the deer at that time are still food to bedding, and they're starting to get, you know, starting to get into it, but they're not 100% yet. Right. right. So they're not traveling a real long distance. Yeah. Food, feed, and then lay down. And we tend to, I think, Justin, you'd agree. I, I, mean, I hunt on the ground. Yeah, we do a lot of that, setting up, hitting a few areas. Can I stop you real quick? When you guys think of uh, like bedding area for the area that that we hunt generally, um, what are you looking at for bedding area? Blowdowns, big time blowdowns around here, swamps, okay. swamp edges, uh, tall. I mean, I've killed a bunch coming coming out of tall swale grass. They layer yeah. it in it. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and the fur to get out of the weather and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it also yeah, everything depends on the weather. That you day. listen to other podcasts or you watch whatever on TV. Uh, it's like they, it's a it's a routine. There's this many pieces of woods. There's this much ag. And it's down to a science at that point. Like yeah. this is where they bed. I mean, Nate be. and I have done a lot of tag team like tracking together, mm-hmm. and I mean we've killed a ton of bucks in their beds. And in in the hardwoods around here, we catch them a lot in blowdowns. Yeah. yeah. So mean, the, the big ridges and stuff. Like so, these bigger mature bucks. It's funny, like you when you catch those and you, you start going through these mass crop areas, and you'll find big blowdowns of like trees fell down and stuff. We started catching on that these deer are laying down beside them, and we jump them up, we end up shooting them. Right. After about the fourth one we shot like that, we started thinking, wait a minute, every time we go through one of these big open areas and there's a big blowdown. Even rocks, we've caught them against yeah, big rocks. Yeah, laying behind stone walls. You, like, there's a big mature buck big taking bright. off. Big and, spike. You know? Big old brow tine right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was Straight the one that Tyler got. Wasn't it, it is. <laughs> But no, I mean, a lot of times people have misconception. You got to be in the thickest area there is. It's got to be everything. Is like, it, it, you well, don't, I know it's different you know. in New England, or like where up up here, it's different. It's it's just not. There's those no big bedding too. area. Those things are those big bucks too. And if you think about it, Lucky and, and you know, I was telling you guys about Lane Benoit and Larry and those guys. Yeah. You know, the books tell you one thing, the videos tell you one thing, but when you actually hunt with them, 
it's a different story. There's right. a lot of things that are not in those books or those videos that those guys did that you can get on those deer. And some of those big bucks and stuff like that, with those antlers they've got that are really big and wide, they don't go through that thick stuff. They, right. They're walking around it. They don't want to be in that any more than you do. So we tend to look for highly placed rubs where they're high up. You know, most people, when they're looking at rubs, and you know, we'll just get into rubs real quick because early season and stuff like that. When I look for rubs, I don't care if they're on a 10-inch, 12-inch diameter tree or if they're on a small one. What I look for is the little trees that are all kind of tied in a knot. Yeah. I mean, that tells me they've got some antler on them. They've got some some tine length on them. And they've got something where they can wrap and break those branches up, and that tells me they've got a rack on the head. I watched a buck, actually videotaped him three years ago. He was a six-point. He had about a 20-inch spread on him, and he rubbed a tree. He could just barely get his antlers in. And if you'd seen this deer, you would have said, he's a great deer, but you would have never thought the deer that rubbed that tree would have been a little six-point. And that's what told me is that, you know, yeah, big big brooks you know rub big you know make big rubs on trees but right. not That's necessarily not case, right so looking for those rubs where they're breaking the tops off and they're just really knotting everything up on these small trees i get more excited about that than i get excited about those giant rubs yeah like when they talk about signposts have you ever put a camera or yeah, you, 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 yeah i've got a i've actually i've got several different rubs in new hampshire and a couple in maine they're they're big i mean they're like we're talking they've been rubbed right down and some of them one of them looks almost like an hourglass it's been rubbed on so many times right and last year tipped over i never had one of those but i'll tell you this last year i put one on it and what was amazing to me was not only did i have mature bucks hitting it I had small bucks hitting it. Yeah. So it was telling me that when they rub and they get their scent gland on it, these younger bucks are now learning that, hey, this is the dominance. we got to get in there and do this. Right. Um, yeah. It's a great way to find out where there's some good deer. Like last year, I set a stand-up for months, and uh, there was several big community rubs in there, and there was one giant buck, giant, and he was nocturnal a lot. And we never did get a shot at him, yeah. never did see him, but it always seemed like the days and that we had him on daytime camera ball. pitches, we weren't there. Standing right. And the right days that we weren't, we were seeing smaller bucks. But it's been, it's been fun trying to find that, and you get excited every time you see those big rubs and stuff, and it lets you know there's some decent deer in the area. But like I said, those smaller rubs that are all wrapped up and broke off. Those, those are the ones that get you most excited. Those are the ones, because those are the ones in those areas that I found right, yeah. those, and I've hunted them, and I actually harvested some of those deer. They've had tall tines. And some of them weren't super wide. There's been a couple of them that were wide, but they had tall tines on them, and they would get them wrapped up, and they'd break them right off. Right. What do you – so when it, when it comes to bare grounds, so and now we're into muzzleloader season, um, what are you trying to – are you, like – are you going to a certain area where you just like? Yeah, I mean, I run off memory a lot. I rub, mean, but so rub lines, like I know they don't, do. They put anything into your head, like I've got to go check this rub line out. I mean, again, scrapes. I understand. Again, uh, to me, a rub line is just more about inventory. It lets yeah. me know that there's a monster in the area. I don't necessarily hunt a rub line myself. I'm more attracted to scrapes. Yeah, but that's just me. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, if I'm seeing giant rubs, I'm going to be in that general vicinity, right. yeah, yeah. especially if they're fresh. You know, I'm going to hang a camera. I'm going to do what I can to be in that area as much as I can. I mean, so, mock scrapes. Mock scrapes, yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, because the, the best part about New Hampshire is you get to hunt muzzleloader first before rifle season. Right. And is that going to change? I don't know if it is. I've heard some rumbling about it. Yeah, I, I hope it stays the same, because I really like that. Um, and, I, and the reason why I say about the mock scrapes a lot is... 
my wife, she, she was never really big in hunting, and I finally got her out there to do it. And it's great because I can set her in a stand, and she can overlook the mock scrapes we put out. Right. Like and That's last mark. year, she ended up harvest one 209. Yeah. Off the mark scrape. Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I know that so one side. that to me it was just nobody ever saw her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it gives yeah. you something, you know. And, and then she harvested her first one with a crossbow last year uh, down in Zone M. Yeah. And, you know, off a mock scrape. And it was so cool because she had three does come in behind her. And this would never happen to any of us, yeah. but they were blowing at her and everything. And then they just walked right out and they went right straight to the scrape. She harvested, well, she shoots at one. She calls me up. She says, hey, I just shot, uh, you know, shot at a doe with crossbow. She's like, "Can you come over?" And I'm like, "Did you hit it?" She goes, "I don't know." So I get over there. She harvests that, and and both deer were off the same mark scrape. No shit. Yeah, them. I'm telling you, the mark <laughs> scrapes. I, I believe in 100 percent. Early season, right Probably up until just before years. the rut, after the rut There's hits, I don't, I don't, I get that goes out yeah. of the window for me. Um, Calling in mark sounds like yeah. it's. I mean, back to the yeah, scrape yeah. thing. I mean. I shot a massive buck last year because of rub, so I take that back. But I don't hunt on the rub. It right. just brought me to that area. You I saw it. that there was, I mean, I found 15 to 20-inch trees that were destroyed. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always mean it's a big buck, but in this case, I could tell it was a monster. Right. So I started hanging a camera, and I was getting pictures of him all at night. But Coming I know if he's there rubs? at night. Well, no, he wasn't coming to the rubs. He was just, just passing, passing the general area. Okay, just passing. But then, okay. then some scrapes started to show up, and he was just—I could tell—he was getting more, you know, aggressive. But he—he he remained a nighttime deer. But I kept going in there early in the morning, early in the morning, and hunting around those scrapes and the rubs and calling. And I literally, the deer was in a swamp, bedded, and I called, and it—I did a. Uh, I used my mouth, and I snort did wheeze. a snort wheeze with my mouth yeah. just by myself as loud as I could, and I literally turned away from the swamp, and I ran back to where I was sitting, and I was breaking trees on my way back to sound like I was pissed off. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. And I sat down, and I'm like, what did I my just do? <laughs> and as soon as I said that, I looked up, and he was charging me. Yeah. So that deer had been there probably every time I'd hunted. He was probably bedded right there. By calling, I got him to come out of that swamp and he charged me and i shot it like five feet no shit yep. and it ended up landing right yep. at a rub wow. it's big buck too yeah, yeah big big heavy 222 buck. that was that was a big one so generally when like you're like obviously that happened but would you like when you're when you're calling do you carry a my grunt call i use a grunt call i i used to use the flip cans bad. but yeah. i don't use them anymore you I, don't I got yeah, rid I of that how come because i was calling in way too many small deer okay that's way too many okay, small deer yeah. and a lot of people don't know but if you tip it the wrong way it actually sounds like a warning and it will scare away deer so there's probably times i've used that can and, and deer went the other way and never even knew they were there yeah um this year before i shot that big one I'd passed like 14, I believe I told you, 14 bucks. A lot of them were on the smaller end, and it was when I used the can. Got rid of the can, got rid of the problem. I used a grunt call and a snort wheeze. And the biggest thing I can tell people is don't be scared to be aggressive. A lot of people are in the woods going, I mean, be loud. They got to hear it. Be aggressive. They got to hear it. The most that's going to happen is they're not going to come in. Right. But nine times out of ten, they're coming. I have killed... I've killed at least at least 15 that I can think of, Off good of ones, grunt. from grunting and calling and rattling. 
I was going to ask you about rattling sure. next. But it's not weasel. Yeah. Rattling yeah. up here, I've had it work a couple times. Yeah, I mean, not it's not the biggest choice. You know what I mean? Because your dough to buck ratio is, is different. It's not like going to Texas. Exactly. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've had it work, but I'll be honest with you, all the bucks that I've ever rattled in, in Maine, or even in New Hampshire, have been smaller bucks. They have never, I've never seen a really, curious. yeah, a real big buck come in. Yeah. Now, I'll be honest with you, during bow season, I will bring the rattling antlers in, and I'll try tinkling the horns, because you never know, right? Yeah, hey, you try it. But snort wheeze, I even have used that in early season and had a giant buck in New Hampshire come in, and I ended up shooting right over the top of my bow. But that snort wheeze can be a powerful call. I was bow hunting in, in November down on the coast because I already harvested my buck with a uh, during rifle tag, so I was expanded hunting. And I was in this swamp, and I see this deer come out on the very end, and I grunted at it. just kept on going. didn't even act like anything, so I grunted louder. Nothing. Grunted loud. I mean, I thought I was yelling at this deer with this grunt call. Almost sounded like a duck call going off. And he stopped. Yeah. And I did a snort wheeze with my mouth. Just I'm like what Justin's saying. You got to do it. Yeah. Did it like that. He turned. He looked. And he just kept on going. And I'm like, well, got that he, one. He, I got his attention. He heard me. Right. And <clears> maybe <throat> we'll see what happens. There was two other bucks that came out. So I'm sitting there in the tree and fiddling around. And I'm grunting. Just a couple little grunts. And I heard something behind me, and I look, and there he is. It was the same buck I had seen across the swamp. He had keyed in on that area, and he was making a circle around the stand. Trying to get your wind? Trying to get me, and I ended up shooting him at, at 10 <coughs> yards with my bow. And he, he was a good buck. He weighed 188. It was a nice 10-point. And I, I always remembered that is when I grunted at him the first time, and he didn't stop or look, yeah. grunt louder, grunt louder, grunt louder. And there was a, uh, I'll never forget it. it was Somebody like growing up, we used to watch all these hunting shows, right? Yeah. And one of the guys on one of the shows, and it wasn't Mike Waddell, it was another guy, said, hey, listen, if they can't hear you, but, yeah, do what's it the point? Right, and yeah. I, that always stuck with me because, you know, as, as we go out in the woods and stuff, I know my hearing isn't as good as it used to be, right? Mm. And, you know, like my wife's always saying, you got selective hearing, but it's one of those <laughs> things that it, 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 when, when you call, yeah, when, <laughs> when you call and they react, if they don't come in, at least they heard you. And right. I'm telling you, those mature bucks, even when you think that they didn't hear you and they turn around and look, you've got their attention, they'll turn around. And, I don't know how many times they're going to sneak that. attack. That brings me to another good you. point too. I mean, a lot of people, even on the call package, it makes you believe that you don't call until you see the deer. Yeah, yeah you I am know. a firm believer in blind calling. That is all I do. Yeah, I don't wait to see a deer and call. No, absolutely. Yeah. I'm yeah. moving through the woods because you wouldn't call all season long. Right, and we <laughs> don't live like in Texas in places where you can see a deer. I mean, you could be walking through the woods where we are, and the deer is right there, and you don't even know it. Right. So, I mean. My tactic for me personally is to just slowly and methodically move through the woods. I sit for about 30 minutes, 45 minutes where I think there's deer, and I blind call. Yeah. If nothing happens within that time frame, I get up and move. Carry on. I killed that monster 10 in New Hampshire doing that. I mean, I called five different sequences on my way through the woods, had nothing happened. My last time I stopped, the deer was 15 feet from me. Stood right up, turned, jumped over a stone wall, came right at me. Yeah. I mean... Just like that. And the funny thing is, is he had his car with him that day, not his truck. Yeah. So he comes strolling in at a the Jetta. barn, and he's got this giant buck hanging out of his trunk. <laughs> Stopped it in the Jetta. <laughs> oh, man, I was having trouble loading that thing. I'd get one end in, and it would fall out. Get the other end in. People are driving by me looking like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> how, how aggressive is your uh, calling during, like, opening, you know, archery season? I, I don't even really call in the beginning of archery. Okay. Um, a couple weeks in, I'll start to call. My theory... 
And the reason I call so much is because it's exciting and it starts the hunt all over again. So if you're sitting for an hour or two and nothing's going on and then you do a call, you get excited yeah, again when it came in. That yeah. might have just brought right, something yeah. in. So you start hearing something that could be a yeah, squirrel, squirrel, but, right, but still, still get like you going. Ahead, right. Yeah. So I use that to my advantage to keep me, you know, You'd be keep sur- me going. Surprised what you call in, too. Coyotes. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I had We've that, killed exactly. a lot of coyotes that yeah. way. I had that happen to me uh, last year. Like, last year I just strictly hunted with my recurve. And this year I'm just probably going to be full on hunting with a recurve for now on. But uh, nice. anyway, sitting in the blind and had a spike out in the in, in the cut. And I'm like, you know what? I hit the grunt call just to see what happens. See, maybe we'll be curious coming on in. On sure as shit, about 50 yards to my right, a doe comes in. Just, but just out of curio- curiosity, just kept looking for that deer and just end up moseying off. I couldn't get a shot at her, but it worked out great just by doing a couple calls just in the fall. Yeah, I mean it, it. It it has advantages all around. I mean, obviously during the rut they oh, they'll come in, look in, and you know a, a real big mature deer like that. The one I got this year. I mean that deer came in to fight. It had no choice but to come in. I mean it would not have walked off if, if for the life of it. I mean it was coming in no matter what. Right. I, I, it charged me, you know, and that's what you're looking for. I mean it, you're trying to get that deer a, a trigger flipped in its head that it has to go check it out, you know. When you're calling like that, in like the dry leaves, you're obviously walking like a deer, stopping every however long. Yep. How long? <clears throat> how long are you like stopping and listening for after you make a call like that? I sit for thirty or forty-five minutes every time okay. you do it. Every time yeah. I do it because so you're not I making mean, you're not covering a whole lot of ground. Then you're just like you're poking and then yeah, I calling. Mean, two hours, I might travel two hundred yards. Yeah, I'm not oh, very okay, far. No shit. Yeah, I'm not going far at all. Um, I mean, those deer can be a long ways away and hear you. you got to give them time, you know, to get to you. Right. But I say, you know, after 45 minutes, if they haven't gotten to me, then I'm going to get up and move. But that's the other thing, uh, in my opinion, is Ten. trying to creep and be too quiet is worse than walking normal. Right. Yeah, when agree. a deer hears it's something alarming, creeping, right? so they're automatically assuming it's a predator. <laughs> when you're just walking through the woods, they think it's another deer. I mean... I've been calling before, got up to go to my next spot, and just was walking and had a buck walk right to me. Right. We met each other, and he met the ground. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys you know? ever tried? Like, <laughs> so this is something I've tried early season, so you're hunting yolks and stuff. You ever taken That's small stones and put them in your pocket? You're sitting in there and throwing a stone out every now and then, no, so it sounds like, sounds like acorns We're falling tracking? out of the tree? Yeah. So th- that's the other misconception. So when people find mass crops and food sources, they think, well, I got acorns. I'm going to have deer. Yeah, you might have deer. But the thing is, deer have certain acorn mass crops that they eat first before they go to anything else. Right. Right? You hear about white ache oak acorns versus the red oak acorns. We've got areas that we hunt that we know certain trees early season, they're going to be at those trees. And you'll have acorns <laughs> dropping everywhere. But they'll go oh, to those so certain crazy. trees. It's those ones. That's what I've always loved. It blows my mind. Like, oh, I hit the acorns. I'm like. What the ones? fucking acorns, yeah. they're all over the place. And that's the thing, and especially when we have these big mass crops, it's like, shit, what do we do? I mean, they're, they're everywhere. They can be anywhere. Right. The key at that point is just finding where they want to eat, what what area in that mass crop that they're feeding on first. Yeah. That's the key. When you find that and then you find the does. It's not necessarily the, the closest tree that's nope. dropping next to the bedding. It could nope. be. They can go wherever. And sometimes what we found aged, is. Aged, aged yeah. trees. 
It all depends. Like big we, old oaks, we've got yeah, some yeah. trees, some big oaks down on the ocean that are right now. I mean, literally next to the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether it's due to the salt, if it does something to the acorn, but they will be at those trees. We'll sit around them and we'll see 15, 20 deer in one night. Oh, and geez. there won't Every be any night. deer yeah, near sure. any of the acorns as they're coming through, and they'll be right there on those trees. Right. Whether we get a shot or not. There's a reason. You know, but it's, it's got to be that sea breeze, like the sodium coming <laughs> off that ocean. The same Whoa. thing with like Moose Alley. And oh, they walk right down the beach. Yeah, the, we've uh, seen them eat monsters. The, the Remember the two fighting stuff? last year? Yeah, down on the beach. I mean, they were fighting right on the beach. Yeah, broad daylight. It was like coast. eleven o'clock. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> you guys are gonna love this. So, <laughs> my buddy Tibbs is in a tree, and we're talking. He's like, "Dude, I just shot a doe." I'm like, "Well, where's it going?" He goes, "You ain't gonna believe this. I gotta go swimming." <laughs> you gotta go swimming. He goes, "It's in yeah. the New York River." He <laughs> had to go up there and smart. swim to go get it. Right down on the ocean, it was running. It was going right down along the edge of the ocean. Hopefully, the great ways to go. I was. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> no, that was funny though. You, but I wasn't. I mean, I watched it float up, and I'm just like. You got to be kidding me. Staring at it like, I got to do this. So I took everything off, <laughs> dove in, grabbed one one leg, and funny. I swam back with it. Yep. Same like, thing happened awesome. to you. We didn't get to jump in on that one. No though. video. No video. No, I, I was too busy laughing. I'm like, you got to be kidding. I'm like, where is it again? I'm like, I'll be right there. Get out there. <laughs> funny. But no, we had the same thing happen. I ended up shooting a nice buck, and we jumped him up, and I kind of hit him a little bit back. And it was the year that I had my moose tag, so I was trying to get my grand slam. Yeah. And I was just fortunate enough that we were going in to actually set a mock scrape. And down in an expanded area, if you're walking around without a bow during that time of year, it's crazy. crazy. So we were in regular clothes. We didn't have no camo on, no nothing. We had our bows. We just walk in. And I look across this ridge, and here's this buck coming across the ridge. And he was out there at about 45, stopped him. Took the shot, dinged him, he took off. We said, all right, we're going to go back. We went back to Justin's, we hung out. We, you know, said, all right, we'll give him 35, 40 minutes. We went back in. Well, I hit him a little bit back, and he had laid down right down by the river. And we literally, actually, Justin saw him. He's like, there he is. He's on the rocks. Standing and there, yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to try to get in the shot. And just about when I drew the bow back to take the shot, he jumps in the river. And he swims across the entire river. And we're both sitting there going, you got to be kidding me. Where's he going to go, you know? We're thinking he's going to die in the middle of it. And we're like, man, now we got to go out there and get this thing. Right. And uh, he didn't. He made it to the other side. And he crawled up the bank in. And we said, you know what? Tomorrow morning, we'll go in and get him. We'll just give him overnight. And we went over there. And there was a big gate and the fence. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, what is this all about? The mansion. Yeah. And so we go out. And I'm like, all right, got to go ask permission, right? Yeah. So how are we going to do this? We get up there. And this guy comes out in his underwear. And he's like, what do you guys want to do? And I'm like, uh, I harvested a deer. You know, you'll hear me say harvest a lot. Because when you're talking to people out there, if you say kill, that, like, brings something out in somebody. Right. Yeah. So it's always, you know, we harvested a deer last night. And it came on your property. Can we go look? guy was cool as cool he's like yeah man go for it he goes i rent this place off a dude i don't care what you do <laughs> and i'm like man can we like you bow on here? Stand? and he's like i don't care what you do as long as, as long as you don't shoot the dogs we're good so we went out there and in about 20 minutes we found the deer awesome. which was pretty cool but good deal uh getting into some tracking this is uh one of my favorite uh i don't even know how to explain it like once i started tracking or went on a deer track and it kind of came together, and I saw a deer. I was like, like it. what have I been doing this whole time? Mm-hmm. Like, how come I just don't wait until there's snow on the ground? And obviously, because, like you said, you're filling time until it's deer season. Yeah. So, But um, the biggest issue I've had, I guess, is bumping deer when you come up to a bed and there's running tracks coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
at what point do you stop and try to do something different? So before you even get to that point, so yeah. let's start right. Do at you the want to beginning. start at the beginning? Let's yeah, start right that'd at be the great. Beginning. Yeah. So in. I, you know, I learned a lot through my grandfather hunting. I, I grew up with my grandparents, and he was he was big in this. You know, when back in their day, they they no, shot deer to, to to eat. Yeah. And so he taught me the fine arts of it. You know, I'm doing it. I was successful a little bit, and then you know, I was really good friends with uh, Larry and Lane Benoit. And Lane Benoit spent a lot of time. Which is down crazy. You you say that, and you just like you, you blow past it. But to to, to read the books. To know, like, just the background and the history of those boys. I'll, I'll tell and you, those we guys, had some fun. We, we had a lot of fun with it. It's and, fucking and, crazy. And the, the key with those guys is, you know, <laughs> it everybody, is. everybody thinks like they're, oh, they're bragging and stuff. They didn't. They were the most humble. Larry was the most humble guy you ever met in your life. And I'll never forget it. He sat with my son. My son was little at the time. And he hands my son his rifle. And he's like, you know what? He goes, you're going to hunt with me? And he made him call him Grampy. They, they were out shooting. <laughs> they were out shooting frogs together with a BB gun up to his house there. And, you know, I videotaped him doing, Grampy. making his knives and stuff. And yeah. It was just so cool. He made a knife for my son for his birthday. And they came down to the house. It was really cool. They stayed with us. And they were just, they're real people. And they love deer hunting, yeah. let me tell you. And Larry, I, I swear, he was part whitetail. I mean, he just, everything that he did was about being in the woods and seeing whitetails and, and, and harvesting whitetails. And, you know, it was just everything that led up to it. And it, it, I really was pretty taken away with it. And Lane, so we, we started hunting together, and, and Tibbs and us, we'd, we'd done some hunts together and stuff. And the thing with Lane is, you know, you hear about they drive around all day long and they look for a track. That's not necessarily not true. true. A lot of the times they walk ridges, just like if you're looking for a bear with bear dogs, they'll walk ridges looking for tracks. You know that up on that ridge is a good mass crop. They'll go in there and look for a track, and they may find their big mm-hmm. track, or they may find a track going into that one. So those are the, some of the things that I learned. And, and the key is, I'll never forget it. This is a short story. We're in New Hampshire last day. This was a few years back. It was almost uh, the end of the day, and I'd seen some tracks. Lane calls me out, and he says, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm in freedom. I'm looking at some tracks. It's 11 o'clock. He's like, I'm on my way. He goes, keep doing what you're doing, find some tracks. I'll get with you about probably 1 o'clock. We'll go track down a big buck and kill it. That's how confident he was that we would do it. So when he showed up, I had like six different tracks. And so I brought him around. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, why not? And the, the key was with him when I hunted with him, he'd ask me questions. So I'd be like asking him all kinds of questions. He would stop me. He's like, okay, we're going to go on this track. And it was kind of snowed in, big track. And he's like, I go, why are we going on that one? He's like, no, look at your track. What's it doing? It's older, right? And I said, yeah. He says, you see the ridges and stuff? He goes, yeah, he's going to go up and lay down. He goes, that's why. He goes, you see the deer crossing back and forth? This track ain't with him. So that means he's laying down up on that ridge or he's on that side ridge somewhere. He just hasn't crossed. He's like, right. so we're going to go on that one. Like, All right. So we get Jeez. in that. Before we did anything, he made me look at that track. He says, look at each one of his tracks. And I'm looking at him. I go, what am I looking for? He goes, what's different? He goes, every deer has something different about their track. How they step. Is it deeper on one of them? Is it wider space he goes if you have to measure it take a picture of it do whatever you're going to do he goes memorize that track and i said why he goes you're going to learn memorize that track so we did we go in there and we're standing there and uh the deer jumped up there was a doe that jumped up and i didn't see it and he's like hey he goes stop right here stop right here and i said okay i go what happened he goes we just jumped that buck i bet and we go over there there's his bed he's off and running but he wasn't running he was walking and the doe would run he goes okay i'm gonna ask you a question what do you want to do do we go right after it or do we stand here and wait? 
And I said, let's get right after it. I'm all I excited. I got Lane with me, right? I got Lane. I want to kill this deer in the worst yeah. way. And we're I'm running. Like, we're, we're going. going right? you know? and he's <laughs> yeah. like, he stopped me right in my tracks. He said, you made your first mistake of the day. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, don't go anywhere. He goes, that buck doesn't know why that doe ran. He may think it's another buck. We're going to stand right here. We're going to give it 15 minutes, and we're going to wait. If we don't see nothing in 15 minutes, we're going to continue on. And we're sitting there, and we're just shooting the, the shit. And he's talking about his son, Zeb, and, and uh wrestling and I, i'll never forget it i was looking over his shoulder and i look all i see is antlers coming back and oh i look at him i go lane big buck coming right at us he's like where and i go right behind you he moves off to the side the deer comes out i wanted to shoot this deer with him and so bad that i i took the shot and i was trying to shoot him in the neck and i should have waited from the step all the way out but you get that Memory, you know, you're with your, you're, I, you're, with, back, a, you're, yeah. you're with a guy that, you know, you're with a guy that is in all the magazines. You just want to do it yeah. with him, and you want to yeah. have that picture where you shoot a big buck with him. And and I took a shot that I probably should have waited, and I hit him. And before we went in, I used to use a semi-automatic carbine aught six, and I'll never forget this. I get out of the truck. What do you and think of like, that, Mutsy? Yeah. Uh, in the day, they were good. Uh, they're a little <laughs> bit uh, outdated now. Yeah. They freeze a lot. Freeze. Yeah. They so freeze for Christ's sake. I had killed <laughs> a bunch. <laughs> I had killed a bunch of big bucks with this gun. Never had a jam in my life. And the second Lane sees it, he goes, oh, you carry a jam-o-matic, do you? No, he knew right What are you talking about? I'm like, this gun's killed all kinds of I'm not getting a jam. And he's like, yeah, okay. He goes, we use pumps for a reason. They don't jam. Right, so jam-o-matic is what he calls it. Snow gets packed in and it freezes up. The wool gloves, like I noticed for me carrying it, I carry it almost like almost on the chamber. And it frosts all up around the chamber. And one time I couldn't get, it was so frozen, I'm like, you know, get the chamber yeah. I'm like, holy smokes. Yeah, it was awesome. Hopefully this thing, you know, goes off. I yeah. shoot at this deer. The deer goes down. I'm on cloud nine. The deer gets back up. I go to shoot again. My gun's jammed. Oh, now, this gun had never jammed till this point. Yeah. I still blame Blaine for it. But I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So Lane gets down on one knee. He fires two shots at it, and he, he doesn't get it, and it takes off. So we get going. It hits posted property. Now, regardless what you've ever heard about the Benoids and how they do all this stuff illegal and all that, I'm going to tell you a story that if I hadn't been there, I might have been one of those people. But I'll tell you this. We were with him. We hit those posted signs. He says, we can't go any further. I'm like, yeah, but my buck went that way. He goes, Nate, it's not worth it. He says, let's go down. It's final landowner. Even if it takes us to the rest of the day, let's do the right thing. And we did. We went down. We crawled all the way down the mountain, went down the road, found a driveway, walked all the way back up in, asked the people, hey, listen, we have, you know, shot at a deer. It went on your property. Can we do it? It was cool. It was cool. They're like, yep, go right ahead. Maybe took us 30 minutes, 35 minutes out of our time. This but is it was pre-cell phone. Yeah, this X. is pre-everything. Yeah. And, and off we go. Right. So, so we it's not just it. like, okay, let's just see what's up ahead. Yeah, no, yeah, there was none yeah. of that. Right. We just figured maybe the next driveway, that's what it would be. And yeah. we went in. And luckily, the people were there, and they let us go. So now the dilemma is we get up in behind their house, and we're about probably 300 yards from on this Oak Ridge, and there is deer tracks everywhere. And the deer stopped bleeding. Right. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, what do I do now? You know? And Lane was, Lane was as cool as a cucumber. He was like, okay, find your buck. And I'm like, are you shitting me? I'm like, you look at all the tracks. And he's like, what did I tell you about your track? Oh, yeah. He brought, brought me right back to lesson one. Mm-hmm. Study your track. So I get in there, and I'm looking around, and, I'm, and he says, do circles. Do bigger circles. Do a bigger circle. He goes, that buck, if you're not seeing him, he had to walk out of here somewhere. And I was on my third circle, and I'm looking at this track, and I'm looking at it, and I said, Lane, I think that's my track right there. And he looked at me and says, that is your track. He knew it all along. And we started following. We got about 40 yards, and there was a bed full of blood. 
I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And we kept on that deer. How long did you circle those tracks for? I circled that track probably 30 minutes before. 30 minutes. Well, 30 minutes. I gave up probably yeah, after 30 minutes. It would been like it's gone. But he was determined. He's like, you got to find that track. And we did. And it, what ended up happening is I dinged him through the brisket. We ended up seeing the deer just before dark. Didn't get another shot at it. And we never ended up getting him. But I'll never forget that story. And we went out looking around and trying to get it. It's just like falling like he says you got to find the right track and larry was big on that so we were up in in uh dover foxcroft and we're up there and we're going around these cuts and stuff and we're looking for tracks and you're seeing some big tracks up there and i'm like oh i want to jump on this one and he's looking at me he's like listen he goes you got to look at what the track is doing so they would go in the woods about maybe 100 yards on the track depending on how that deer walked and what he did was whether or not they were even going to go on that deer so if a deer is chasing a doe or looking for a doe he would take. He wouldn't take it because that deer is going to go. He's Keep not. Wait, he's just gone. Street lining, right? You know, if you had the deer, the big buck that was with a doe, that was a pretty good one. Um, you know, and the other thing was antler size, right? You know, if and Larry's thing was, if you're going to shoot a big buck, have some decent antlers because you can put them on the wall. You know, why not have the whole package? <laughs> and you know, his house proved it, man. There was deer antlers everywhere. Yeah. But you'd get in there, and we, we we were walking on these trails, and we we're seeing where these bucks had gone around trees instead of through trees, and they got excited. And to see Lane get excited or Larry get excited, these guys had killed some big deer, and you knew that like whatever they had seen in their lifetime, and they're seeing it right now. This is what you wanted to look for. And so I was taking pictures. I mean, I was literally taking pictures and trying to write trying notes. To document doing, this. doing everything yeah, I can, yeah. you know what I mean? And it just it ended up being really cool. How, and, how old were you when you met them? I was 27. Oh, you were prime. Yeah, prime time. I was ready, man. I yeah. was often going. And, you know, and it was really cool. Me and Justin, we, we got to spend a lot of time with them uh, down when they hunted down. Matter of fact, we hunted down actually in this area right up in here where that, you guys are. You wouldn't, even, you wouldn't even have thought that he was... Any in, different than that. any of us. Yeah. I mean, he a bunch of moose hunts with us, cruising on the truck. God make you laugh. I mean, yeah, right. just like cruising with with him and I, you know. I yeah. think that's pretty. But cool he did. That. He he did always. I mean, he was full of knowledge. I mean, he taught everybody. Of, taught well, think of the people. Stuff. Like, so that that right there is my first buck I ever shot in my bed. Monster. Awesome monster. <laughs> hey, no, you know, not what? a monster. Hey. <clears throat> no, but it's a monster. It, it was it was literally like. You you read the book and you and you try to apply what you learn and you you fuck up a lot, but when it all comes together, you're like, wow, like, it worked. Yeah, it works. And to have someone go out there and and walk ridges and run ridges and and write it down, all down in a book and I can read it and then it actually works. It, it blows my mind to have the privilege to be able to do it with them in person. Yeah, yeah. it's is, crazy. Is, yeah, well, that's pretty. I guess phenomenal. that's where I was going with that. Is it's, it seems like a, a fairy tale, or it seems like I guess the rest of the country probably would be like, yeah, we don't give two shits. But if you're like in New England, Vermont, Mass, I mean, Vermont, oh, yeah. yeah, Mass, Maine, New Hampshire, it's yeah, no, that's a that's a family that is like absolutely, absolutely oh, yeah. known for killing giants i have always said that if you can hunt in new england and harvest deer you can hunt anywhere in the country and i'll tell you i've hunted iowa i've had the privilege you know through my years i've been able to go to a few different places and try to apply that knowledge and i'm telling you i mean i've been very fortunate to harvest some really good deer outside of the states but it's the same knowledge that i apply hunting in new england out there Mm -hmm. and i find it's as long as you can get the property to hunt on, you. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to shoot probably one of the biggest bucks that are in those woods in the time frame you've got because of the applied knowledge that we have to use up here in New England. You hunt 
a hundred times harder to shoot a, a four-pointer up here than you do anywhere else in the country. And I'm telling you that right now. You know, and, you know I laugh because, you know, when we did the TV shows and stuff like that, and, and we would go out to these other places, and I, we'd come into camp, and, you know, we'd shoot a decent buck. It'd be 125-inch, 130-inch. To me, that's a giant deer. And you'd have people in the camp saying, wow, it wasn't, you know, I passed up a 150 or a 170 today. And I'm like, why would you pass up that deer? But it's, it's because of how they were brought up hunting and what they are very selective to, to harvest, mm-hmm. right? So if I lived in Iowa, I probably wouldn't shoot 150-inch deer every year. Right. I would wait for the 160s, the 170s, because guess what? If I have all their season to hunt and I've got properties to hunt, you're probably going to see that out there. And you know, Yeah, the rut's you know, going to be wild. You have to be dedicated to hunt in, in New England. Yeah, by exactly. Far. Yeah. Takes a lot more effort, more scouting, more everything. Everything. Yeah. But the big thing about tracking, and I tell everybody this is, if you mess up on a track one day, you keep on going. So your original wow. question was, they get out of their bed and they run off, right? Yeah. So it's simple. You just sit there and wait. And honestly, then this would be one something that I learned through Lane was sit there for twenty minutes, let them calm down, and then get back on them again. Mm-hmm. Um, the key to it though, is you got to be looking in the woods. A lot of people, their mistake, and I was doing this a lot is I would bump into hair is what Larry would call it. They would, they take off. So because your eyes, you're so focused on this, the track, you're not focused on anything around you. So all of a sudden you look up and there he is and he takes off. I catch myself thinking about like, he's up around that corner. Well, no, just the move. Like, all right, like it's a, it's a, it's a track. If a doe comes in with it or whatever happens and then. I'm so worried about like the feeding aspect of it. Of like, okay, he's gonna go lay down after he feeds. Like, like my eyes are, are are pointed at the ground more than You're looking for. The they're feeding. pointed up. Uh, I don't want to miss the feeding <laughs> yeah. because I'm gonna blow them out anyways. But see, that, that's <laughs> yeah. another myth they have is like every time they feed, they don't necessarily not lay down. even yeah. not even. So not you know, and I, I laugh. They could be just- Keep we going. did that. So yeah. we're with Lane. We're out there hunting, and we see where he feeds. So me and Justin like, oh, dude, we're, we're going to kill this deer now. He's going to be laying down like 30 yards from here is yeah. what we're thinking. And Lane's just laughing at us like, yeah, okay, guys. It he's he's not even going to be here because guess what? Just because he fed does not mean that he's going to lay yeah. down. Now, if they feed two, three, four times, and they start zigzagging a lot, and they're going up to a blowdown, or they're which, going up to this blowdown, all right. Which you isn't be necessarily ready. true either. Remember <laughs> that buck last year? <laughs> we went down to Mass. We go down to Mass and track oh, a lot, yeah, him yeah, and yeah. I. And yeah. we tracked a buck for four maybe five miles and the deer did that like every 10 minutes they'd eat it would zigzag and me and him like all right we're getting ready you know there it goes nothing i honestly thought we were gonna kill him we finally got to the end this deer had a big hoof on it ended up being smaller but we did a little loop and we caught that deer off guard and it was from here to that wood right there way five five feet from us and it was just laying there looking the other way if had it been the deer we wanted it would it was game over what made you all of a sudden be like all right let's loop around this deer what? Because we could tell at th- this time the way he in. was zigzagging, it was a, a lot more aggressive, and you could tell he was seeking out a place to lay. And then we saw a couple spots where he laid down, but he wasn't comfortable. When you start seeing that, okay. he's gonna finally find a place, and he's gonna be there. So, so now, like you said, you saw where he kind of, you know, just like a dog, you know, kind of yeah, he pawed around a little bit. Around. Yep. So. When did you all of a sudden be like, all right, we need to loop around this deer? Because we looked at the terrain and we came to a conclusion together that out of the area we're looking at, he's probably going to be laying over there. And judging by the way the wind was... And we just the guy on the wind. So a lot of times, like like we were saying, if you jump that deer two or three times... So that's the problem right there. When you jump him two or three times, he knows you're on him at that point. Yeah. So the key is, is once you... If you do that two or three times and you're not catching him, make a big circle around him. 
Try to get in front of him. I did that over here last year in Freedom, the last day of New Hampshire last year. So he calls me up. He hits a big buck literally down the street. And he's looking for his deer. And I'm up on a mountaintop, which was the only place I had cell service, last day in New Hampshire. And I text my wife. I said, I just found the track I was looking for. And I literally had been all day looking for a track. I had gone in the woods. I had gone up on the ridges. I just could not find the right track that I felt I could, could harvest it. Right. And I finally, it was snowed in. I got it. It's going up top. I'm like, I got this deer. I'm like, I was so excited. And it brought me back to the training that I had with when, when I was out with everybody doing this with Lane and stuff. And I just excited. I'm like, I'm going to kill this deer. And I actually texted my wife. I said, this deer is going to have a hard time keeping his life today. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. And I got on there, and I start going up. And I knew my bud, he's got one that he's chasing right now. And I'm waiting for him to send me a text with a big bone master that he's killed. And, right. You know, so I'm all excited that way. And I get up in there, and I literally, the snow was pretty thick up on the top of the hill. And the way he was going, there was a big ridge down on the bottom. And I'm like, he's going to go down that ridge, feed a little bit, and then come back up on the top. So I had already predetermined what I thought he was going to do. And as he started doing it, I had jumped the deer. What I didn't know was that he made a button hook on me, came up, went about maybe 75 yards and laid down behind me. Mitch made a loop right up around me. And there was a big steep ridge there, and the deer trail looked like it was going around that ridge, which I would have thought he was doing. And I started going, and I stopped, and I'm like, you know what? I should make a button hook up and around the top of this ridge, this ledge, and look down into the, that hardwoods because I bet I'll catch him right there. And I didn't do it. I'm like, nope, I got to go forward, and I made my mistake because when I did that, I turned around and looked, and there he was taking off. And I'm like, damn. I'm like, I knew he was right there. going to get you every and time. There he goes. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So now I'm like, all right, I messed up. Where's he going to head? So I just sat there for 15 minutes and I waited and I said, you know what? I started going, I jumped him again and I didn't see him, but I could see where he's running. I'm like, all right, he knows I'm behind him now. So what I did, I was on the side hill. I turned, I did a hard 90 degrees. Yeah. I went up around that hill. I made probably 300 yards, came back in, came down that edge that of that side hill that he was running on. I'll never forget it. I'm standing there looking, and here comes that deer. He's walking up the side hill, and he oh, turns around, shit. and he's looking at his backtrack. Right. And I'm like... Because he thinks you're behind him. He thinks yeah. so. I'd right. say, yeah. you jump those big ones a couple of times, they're yeah. going to focus on the back trail. They're oh, going to say, yeah. what's following me? I, and if you can get enough distance around and cut them off... I thought he was dead. You know, playing the wind accordingly. I thought he was done. Nope. I've never been so confident in shooting a deer in all my life. Much had set me up with my 35 wheel and pump carbine. Right. I'm ready to rock and roll. You know what I mean? I'm like, this deer's in the truck. I've got him in the truck already. So <laughs> I braced against a tree. He's coming, and I'm like, you have yeah, no idea. You're done. He turns, and he's literally turning, quartering to me a little bit, but enough where I know I'm going to hit him in the shoulder. He's done. I put it right on him. I fire. The deer takes off. I call my wife. I said, hey, I just shot a giant. I'm going to be home a little bit late. I said, she goes, well, send me a picture of him. I said, well, I haven't found him yet. I said, but I just shot him. But he's fucking and, smoked. And she's <laughs> like, I'm like, there's no question in my mind. He's smoked. She's like, oh, that's awesome, hon. Do you want me to come up? And I'm like, you ain't going to find me. But I'm like, I'll get him out to the truck. And I said, when I do, you meet me down the tagging station because she loves coming down there and seeing him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I get down there. There's hair all over the snow and not an ounce of blood. And I'm like, you got to be shitting me. There's no way this just happened. I yeah, stopped tracking it. Yeah, I know. Because I'm texting him. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, dude, you ain't going to believe what happened. He's How like, does it feel? <laughs> He's like, dude, I can't find no blood either. And I'm like, what do you got? He says, I got hair all over the snow. I'm like, don't even tell me that. I'm like, send me the picture you did. He's we like, both did it. Did it in the same day. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I tracked that deer. He crossed in front of my truck just before dark and ended up in this other clear cut. And that was the last day of New Hampshire season, and he's still out there. And, and it's one of those spots that I go to every year, late season, and there is always going to be a giant buck in that area. Right. And I just get excited. When there's snow, 
I head for it because it's just it's either around here or over there. The right. thing around here too, a lot of people focus on finding a giant buck track, but we don't have the miles of road in Southern right. Maine to just nope. cruise. So I'm always if I find a buck, I get on it no matter what because that deer will bring you to the other deer. Oh yeah, right. I can't tell you how many big deer I've either killed or attempted to kill. That I started off chasing a small one first. Right. Uh, that big ten I got in freedom with him. We started on it was probably a four pointer. I mean, it was small, something small, and we stayed on it. And within a hundred yards, boom, there was a monster, and it just walked by. I mean, that deer took me without following that deer. I'd have never known the big one was there. But we were double teaming that, and that was the key to that is. I led on the trail, and Justin was the eyes. He yep. was watching, scanning the woods, and it was raining, Pouring. sleeting. It was horrible out. We had my little my which son was good, was, which was cool. In our benefit, the windier, the stormier, the better it is for tracking. Right. And I'll be honest with you, when it's bright, sunny days and no wind, I just go, ugh. I mean, it's great, but I'm like, you got it. It happens, me. but yeah. but I love it when it's windy out, real windy out, or it's storming out. I'm gonna tell you right now, those deer are not gonna go far, and they're gonna lay down, and you're gonna shoot them. But that it's that a lot day more movement in the woods also it, it's just awesome with, oh yeah whatever you know, and they they, they hold up they don't want to go unless you're right on top of them and yeah, that particular their day, defenses aren't hundred percent no yeah the hearing yeah the wind's blowing Sand. in different directions it's just swirling that yeah. particular day even with a heavy snow it blinds those deer I mean I walked up right down the street I mm. I killed a big boy down here with. Whoa, 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 I mean, whoa, it was whoa, whoa. it was snowing it was snowing <laughs> like crazy. Yeah, and I was able to get within like thirty yards of that deer. Had had his nose right down. Had no idea I was even no there. there. No idea. Yeah, that particular no day, idea. No idea. <laughs> that particular day, though, what was cool about it is is the double teaming thing. It can be hard because yeah. the guy in the front, your your natural reaction after you've done track in a while, your natural reaction isn't to look at the track. You're scanning. Right, but you got to force yourself to look at that track because the guy behind you is following you. He's not looking at the track, and that's what we did that day. And we got down in there, and Justin, we hadn't gone in there maybe a couple hundred yards, yep. and there was this big ridge we were starting to go up, and we had hit another buck track, and then there was another buck track. So we had three different buck tracks in that one area, and I'll never forget it. I turn around looking, there was Justin picking his gun up, and I look over, and there's the buck standing there looking at us, and you know he shoots him and drops after him that there was only. Two buck tracks. <laughs> and then we had to drag him all the way up the hill, which was Ew, something. But yeah. we did the same thing. We used that same concept later on that day and ended up harvesting. You know, my son ended up harvesting That's nice the, three That was buck, a three, three was, buck day. was awesome. And then we ended up harvesting another Oh, that was the picture, yeah. Yeah, we ended up harvesting a, a nice eight point. I got a nice eight point later on that afternoon. And that one was the same thing. Me and Justin had seen uh, some buck tracks going up and down this one hill. And they were older tracks, but it was the same buck going back and forth. You could tell by his track. And so they dropped me off. They were getting the deer out of the woods. And I said, I'm going to go up on that ridge and see if I can't find him. He's been up and down there quite a bit. So maybe I'll catch him up there coming back. And I was going down along the side of the hill. And I hit his track. It was fresh. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a pretty fresh track. So I started following him. He made a button hook. And I said, you know what? I'm going to cut up around that hill and come down the other side. And when I did, he was coming up the other side. And I ended up shooting him. And uh, that, was, that was a really cool, cool hunt. That one. The, the one down over here, though, the big 11 point, he... That one, I whoa, 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 whoa. yeah. <laughs> that one was that was a good deer, but one of those things that he had done a few things that I had never seen a buck do before. He'd walk down a river, so I was on this deer pretty hard, and I, I knew I was pushing him pretty pretty hard. And I lost his tracks, and I thought he crossed the brook, and I'm like, where the hell did he go? There's no track. I he must have circled ten minutes looking for his tracks, and then I came to the realization he must have walked down the brook. 
And I get down. I, I bet that deer walked 75 yards down the brook before, and before he, he came out. Up. And I had never had a deer do that before. And uh, luckily, later on that afternoon, I was able to harvest that deer. The only other time I had that happen. right up to him. The, the only <laughs> other time <laughs> I'd ever. Well, it was fun. He crossed the main road on I me. I tied so. him up to a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just, hey, I got him right here for you. <laughs> following the water drops. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was pretty, pretty insane. But the, the one up in north, uh, up in Rangeley, had the same thing happen. He, he stayed in that river for a while before he came out. And I'll never forget it. We were tracking him across this ridge, and there was a guy up in there with a fellow bunch of knocking trees down, and we start hearing gunshots. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This guy must He's be shooting, shooting at the deer. He's shooting out, out of the machine. Yeah, and I'm like, that. we get up there, and this guy is loading his gun up. And I'm like, what happened? He goes, you ain't going to believe the bucket came out here. I was cutting trees down. He goes, I swung the fellow bunch, and I got that gun. I used to start shooting. I'm out of ammo. You got any bullets? And I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, where did he go? Anyways, Three away to Rod 6. He went that way. And I'm like, what the hell? And uh, the guy never hit the deer, and we oh, never did damn. catch up to that deer. And that, that deer right there, me and my cousin were on him, and it was funny. We were driving down a tote road. And the deer comes out and steps in the tote road. And, you know, anybody's first, a big drop tying on him. I mean, this thing was massive. It, it, his antlers looked like they were orange, like this bright orange yeah. on him. Never forget it. And my cousin's like, I'm getting out of the truck and shooting him. I'm like, what are you, <laughs> really? I'm like, dude, we can hunt him like the Benoits. And he's like, no, I'm going to shoot him is what I'm going to no. do. We gotta shoot <laughs> this one has a drop time, so. so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, wait. Yeah. And I had to laugh because by the time we get done talking, the deer takes off. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, we'll catch him, no problem. We spent all day tracking this thing. And then that happened. We get out to the main road. We are so dead. We're laying on the side of the road. This lady stops, and she's like, I just wanted to make sure you guys weren't hurt. You were laying there. And I'm like. Is there any way you can give us a ride back to my truck? She's like, well, I can give you a ride, but you got to do something. And I'm thinking, hey, I got, that's what I got my cousin here for. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> <you're about laughs> it's ready. okay, old gal. I'll get it done. I'm take one for the team there, bud. So all of a sudden, we were down by the Richardson Lakes. I'll never forget it. And she says, hey, I need my docks pulled out. Oh, so after tracking yeah. this deer all day, we get down, we pulled our docks out, and she gave us a right. Pulled our docks out, and they gave us a right. Pulling the docks out. Pulled the docks out. You switched one of those, a couple letters there. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, was, that was an interesting time. We got, you know, we got out of there and got back to the truck. But tracking is just, there's nothing like it. It's no, the isn't. best feeling yeah. in the world. Remember that one? Lessons always remember that one in uh, Tamsworth that, that we tracked together, the one you shot? The one no. that rolled down the hill. Oh, yeah. It, we're on a steep that, bank. That deer, it, it's unbelievable how smart they are. I mean, this deer was reversing in its own tracks, and then it would walk that way. So we're going along, and the deer was going that way. Right. And it kept doing that. And at one point, it did that. It backed up a long ways, and then it you know, scooted off, and it was laying on a ridge. And I was walking in front of Nate this time. He was behind me, and he happened to see its antler. The thing was laying, overlooking, I mean, steep. a huge bowl. And it happened to catch us out of the corner of the eye, and it just stood up before it had a chance to take off. He, he let one rip, and when we got up, the deer was like 400 yards down into this bowl. Shit. And it tumbled all the way down. We had to grab it and go all the Holy way back up, smokes. and then all the way back wow. down. Like it just brings me to a, to a point, though, that, I mean, those deer, you got to... Having another person with you when you're tracking is, is very useful when a deer is doing stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, well, because, you know, a lot of people will also say that it's a lot harder. Too. Can be. Yeah, it you, can you be. Gotta have two guys you got to have two guys that are on the same page. Yeah, know what they're doing yep. and are on the same page. Like, we don't talk at all. We're... It's, it's yeah. just, just no. mental. A little bit of sign you know. language, you know, hands, yeah. hand yeah. signals, right. and just keep yeah. going. 
same thing when we turkey hunt. Yeah. I mean, we don't talk when we're turkey hunting. We we just we know what to do. You know, he knows what I'm going to do. It brings me plan, to a, you know? an awesome story of this year in Massachusetts. So the, the awesome part about Massachusetts hunting, oh, if you guys have go. never done this, <laughs> is it's their season for gun is after all of our seasons. Yeah. So you've got muzzleloader. We don't and, quit. Well, actually, you've got shotgun two weeks, right. and then you've yeah, got muzzleloader right till, yeah. till December 31st. So, and they've got snow. And we get in the buggy and we head, right? And we've never hunted Massachusetts. And, and Northeast Big Buck Club, they get magazines and stuff. We read a lot of that stuff. And we've actually submitted some articles and stuff to it, which is really cool. But there's a lot of information in there that people have wrote in about areas that they hunt, right? And, you know, places what they look for. And so we started keying on this. We say, hey, let's go do that. It's after the season. You know, yeah, we, nothing else to we do. We go do it. You know right? what I mean? So we, we headed. My boss gave me the week off. And last year, really? I had to laugh. Last year, we were out <laughs> there. Inside joke. We were yeah. tracking this big buck, and he had gone all over the place. And he had crossed this road, and this lady was in the road, and she was smoking the tires right off her truck. She was stuck. Like, her, what was it, her back brakes locked up? No, yeah, the old goat farmer. The goat farmer. That's yeah. funny. So I'm a little hard of hearing. So Justin's over there, and he calls her Lucy or something. So I think that's her name. So I'm calling her Lucy, and she's looking at me like, what the hell are you talking about? And so she has this dog in our front seat. And I'm sitting there, and I thought she said her dog's name was Dog. Not It ended up being Doug, and I thought it was Dog. So I'm like, hey, Doug, come you, here. Named, you named your dog Dog? And she's like, what? And he starts laughing, and I start laughing. She's Where's like, no, his name is Doug. Yeah. I'm like, Where's the dicker going to pull out? I'm like, what the hell is going on? So you never know what you're going to see in the woods. So we end up going off on this deer, so we're laughing about what had just happened. And this deer starts doing some button hooks, and we're like, all right, time to get serious. Mm. And he's behind me, and I'm in the lead, so I'm following the tracks. And we get up around the stone wall. And it's kind of icy. He steps on the stone wall, and there he goes in front of me. He looked like a seal <laughs> flying down the nice. side of that hill. Oh, my God. I never laughed so hard in all well, my I life. I got the gun up trying to hold it. My other arms flopped back, and I just <laughs> kept going. Yeah. yeah, it looked like a seal. He went right by me. I'm like, hey, we you, you, in, the while, you in the lead now? We were laughing so hard. The hunt was over for a bit. Start over again. Yeah, yeah we did. You know, we laughed about it. But you know what the funny part about it was is that's the – the part I love about hunting with my buddies. Yeah. And you go out there, you have fun. It's making memories every day. You know, they're ribbing each other. Memories memories having fun. I mean calling everybody their pet names. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's like all the pictures on the wall. We first came in, we're seeing all these pictures on the wall. And you know what? You There's don't not know. giant bucks on it there. It doesn't have to be. No, it, but, but it, it, it that's be. our thing, though. It's but just a big bucks a bonus. Yeah. I mean, you know everything I mean? else is, is what I it's about. But the thing is, <laughs> every deer that you harvest is is a giant in my book. Yeah, it, it doesn't absolutely. make a difference. You know what I mean? So anybody who says that I've got to shoot a 150 in order to be a big buck hunter, no. I'd tell them straight to the face that you're hunting for the wrong reasons. No. We've been very fortunate to, to harvest some of the deer we've harvested, but I'm going to be honest with you. It takes time. If it had been a smaller buck, we probably would have harvested it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, nowadays we're, we're kind of picky on some of the stuff, but we have But you time. can be, though. But we have time to be in the woods. Yeah. And that's no the other thing. There's no doubt we started off shooting everything. everything. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, I've killed a ton of spike horns, a ton of smaller deer. I mean, that's what leads you to be successful, though. You, you can't just... You got to learn it. You got to yeah, harvest a deer. Gonna, if, if you're going to go in the woods and be like, oh, I'm only shooting a monster, then, I mean, around here, good luck. I yeah, mean, yeah. It's, it doesn't happen like that all the time. Well, you, well, you get to people, you know what, and I... And I, and I, I I think it's great. I mean, we spent a lot of time in the woods, right? And I'm going to be honest with you, last year, I didn't harvest a big buck with my rifle or my bow or anything. I harvested a decent buck. But with some of the bucks that we were seeing on camera and the ones that I was really being selective to harvest, I didn't. But I told myself at the end of the day, 
this is what I want to harvest. If I don't harvest it, that's fine. But I'll tell you this, when it came to shooting does and stuff like that, to fill the freezer or donate some deer, we always donate deer to the Food for Hungry. Mm-hmm. And uh, LaFlemme's uh, Butcher Shop, we can drop them off there. And he takes nice. care of LaFlemme's. It's over in Arundel. You drop them off. He takes care of everything. And he, they, uh, the meat gets yeah, 100% okay. donated to the food shelters. So every year when we harvest our first few deer, we always bring them over there and give them to him That's to awesome. give to the food shelters. Because awesome. one of the things that, that we believe in, and one of the things I was always taught young from my grandfather, is always give back more than you take, right? And that, that's a good philosophy, I think, you know, a lifelong lesson that everybody should think about. You give back more than you take, you know what I mean? Help teach people. And, and we believe in that, and we do. We, we donate a lot of deer every year. And I, I was fortunate enough to harvest a lot of deer last year. But, you know, at the end of the day, I like the deer hunt. Right. I like to yeah. eat deer. I, I love the idea of harvesting a deer. So to me, you don't have to shoot a 200-pound deer to get that same excitement. I get the same excitement shooting a, you know, a doe. A doe. It doesn't yeah, make right. a difference to me. It's all the same. That My heart is pounding when I see them. I mean, expanded archery helps me too, though, yeah. to kind of get the... The jitters, get out. The jitters yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. I'll shoot. You know, I don't care if I shoot a smaller buck when I'm when I'm in expanded. I don't care if I shoot a bunch of does. Like he said, we donate the meat, or I keep meat for me. But then when it comes time for rifle season, which is my bread and butter tracking. Yeah, you've got a calling, few weeks under your belt already. Yeah, right. I got a few weeks, and then kind if I'm seeing smaller know. deer, I don't get that. Ooh, the should first I shoot one every year? I, yeah. I let them go. I mean, like oh, I said, I counted this this year was the first time I actually tallied it, and I passed up 14 deer, which for me is very hard. I yeah. like to shoot deer. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, no, I, I really yeah. do. <laughs> um, but it benefited. I mean, it yeah. paid off. I shot that you know couple really nice Stunts. smashing deer. Yeah. Good deer. Good deer. But you know what's funny is you have years like that. So the year before was my year. Yeah. I harvested two really big bucks the year before. Last year, I harvested two decent bucks. And Justin, he harvested two monster bucks. Right. You know, and, and you kind of go in cycles. Unless you're Mutzi and you kill a giant buck yeah, every year. Yeah, we're Mutzi. kills a big buck every year. See, like, he's the, 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 the quiet We haven't heard you. Let's hear it. Well, I know. I'm just... Uh... Anyway, backed a little bit further back. Like, like everybody's, like, happy shooting a, a decent a yeah. decent deer. <laughs> So when my son not. was growing up, so he'd been hunting a few years now, and I think we're, we're dragging out a deer and stuff, and we come across a big rub on a tree. And I'm like, I says, the deer that did that is bigger than this one. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, 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 you know. I said, that's fine, you know, until you get a few deer under your belt. You don't want to push a kid too much when he's young. Let him shoot a handful of deer and don't... Then finally let him step his game up a little bit. Right. And uh, that's kind of like, he goes, well, Dad, I don't have as much time as you got. I said, well, you got to make the best of the time that you right, do have. Yeah. Muncie's exactly. a deer connoisseur. He, he won't shoot a small deer. Muncie only waits for big deer. Uh, I, Can I you, play the wind 110%. He does shoot a big deer Before you, points are bigger. <laughs> Before you get into the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Muncie plays the wind, and he, has, he shoots... For as long as I've known him, he shot a monster every year. Just, we're running just on... Just playing what, the wind. What do we got for time? we got an now? hour and a half. Okay. Jeez. So, Mutsy, can I hear <laughs> your first, like, mem- memorable the hunt that you had, like, as far back as you can go? And then after... I shot like, my, your most my first nice buck. I was 12 years old. Yeah. Um, Jeez, using my dad's old 20-gauge shotgun. So that was in slides. 1930? 1970. <laughs> 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 um, he kind of dropped me off. You know, oh. we're not far apart. Yeah, just sit over here. And I'm like, I didn't know north from south. You know, I'm just yeah. a kid. But I'll just sit there, and all of a sudden, this buck comes by. I'm like, oh, my God, look at that. I pick up this big, heavy shotgun. <laughs> the thing's wiggling around, and I let one fly. 
and I dropped them right there. No like, way. Wow. Yeah, it was probably like 170, you know, yeah, roughly. I can't remember. And... So I'm like, wow, that's cool. What year was that? You, 1970. You 1970. So, so the next year comes so wait, around. Was this in what state? Maine. Maine. Yeah, Maine. Okay. Maine. So I've only started right hunting in New Hampshire think, with these guys yeah, in the last before three Maine was developed, okay, years, think, maybe. Yeah. No sure. So the next year, <laughs> I go, no, I'm with my dad, and same thing. You gonna be all set here? Yeah, because you're supposed to be in sight. But you know, I mean, he wasn't that far away. Right, right, yeah. And uh, I hear a shot. Geez, I boat jump. So I just holding the gun. Here comes this deer, running right at me, head on. And I'm like, I'm shaking like crazy. <laughs> I thought this deer was gonna run me over. Yeah. And I, I shot that deer like 10 feet from me. No shit. And it was my dad had just shot at it. Yeah. And he had just winged it, mm -hmm. and it was just on an adrenaline run, and it came to <laughs> Coming me. right to you. <laughs> so, so here I am now. I'm 11. I've got two, a seven and an eight pointer. You know, Ready and I'm just a little man. kid so with, this, younger? with this <laughs> old, with this old 20 gauge shotgun. Yeah. Yeah, he lost the year. Yeah, he lost yeah. the year. It's all right. Yeah. So, and then after that, I just go, and I was pretty lucky to get one every year, but I just could never. Never getting yeah. one of those big ones that you yeah. see. You see a, somebody that you know get a big one like, wow, wow, I wish I could get a deal like right. that. And I don't know. I probably was in probably 30 or so before I said, you know what? I've shot enough deer now or i got to start focusing and trying to get a, a, a nice full rack, you know, eight or bigger or something right, like that. Right, Let's right. add, too, that Monty does not hunt from the ground. He only tree stand um, hunts. No, oh. I will do because I do a lot of scouting trail cameras <laughs> so that once I get going, every tree yeah, stand I have has a name. Yeah. And I have all the wind directions, you know, the best ones for the hunter, all written on a paper. Because I mean, how, I got wind how, in my head. How, you know that, you, that paper's in a safe. And so I will, you pick those wind directions over years, though, correct? Yes. Okay, yeah. yep. so that's the only way yep. you determine Like a, a, a spot that I found, wow, this is a nice spot for a tree stand. I'll put a camera there first because I don't want to go through all the work of making shooting lanes and stuff, and it's, it's not in a good spot. Yeah. So when I do start getting pictures that are... Like, wow, this is a good spot. Let's go check some wind. Yep, and then that's when I'll, well, I kind of look at the wind first to see if it's going to be good because northwest is usually predominant. Predominant wind, yep. And so I try to feed off of that. But I've got some places where it's like you need wind out of the southwest. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> so I just wait. You yeah. know, and I want to go there. You know, my other spots aren't. You're, you're waiting for a day? Yeah, the right wind on a, a eight so day. So he and just hunts the wind. So yeah, very badly, but you have, but I have yeah, several stands where I'm not is. sitting home. Well, it's not in the right direction, so oh, I'm going to okay, sleep I in today. You know, right, 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 I right. mean, I have other options, and that's just worked for me really good. And but once it gets down towards like muzzleloader in Maine is last. Yeah, I'll sit in a little bit, but then that's when I start walking. Right. I think you guys were in Massachusetts yeah, we yeah, a couple years one. ago. Yep. When I finally got that deer, I'm like, phew. But, but what are you mm -hmm. just like poking though? You were just like yeah, I'd walk. Yeah, I'd walk along. And I just lean up against a tree, but I always stop kind of in the shadows. Licks his finger, of, puts it in the instead air. Instead of being out like in the wide open to get picked <laughs> off. And, and I'll <laughs> lean up against a tree and I'll just kind of just scan. And just, you're still ch checking your wind? Is that yeah, I'll kind of, you know, I'm quartering or head on would be yeah. perfect. Because every step you take is a different view. Right. right. And if you got fresh tracks on the ground, it just stops snowing at four in the morning. These tracks are fresh. They're not old. Right. Now, why would you do? 20 feet stop or get to a spot where i can get a little bit of cover and those guys they were going hunting oh you'll get one you'll get one. They told, we both told you you yeah. gotta kill one and i'm like man i'm sweating here you know right like this is the latest i've ever had to go yeah and i'm 
on these tracks and this place is loaded i'm just stopping i'm like like we talked about earlier trying to sort it out because there was a bunch i'm leaning against this tree i look to my right and here comes this buck nose right on the ground coming like quartering to me to go by i'm like oh my god look at that the wind blowing <laughs> this way, right in my face <laughs> so i just cocked the hammer back and he just walked through an opening oh my boom, god got him awesome. so so, so I, the deer I, was I, traveling I, with I, the wind yeah yeah, no yep. sure. I will tell you this, though. So, Mutsy, I've known Mutsy ever since I was a little kid. And the area that he hunts, I used to hunt when I was a kid. That's how, where I actually cut my teeth was shooting deer in that area. But they've kind of butchered that whole area. Yeah, it's getting tougher. But the respect that I have for this man and the yeah. area that he hunts and the, and the caliber of deer that he puts in the time, I would go blow right through there, and I'd be sitting in there, and I'd, I'd probably shoot something. But at the same time, I know I'd mess Mutsy up. Right. I have not hunted in that spot in probably the last 15 years because I know that he hunts there exclusively and kills big deer out of there. And I don't want to be the reason why Blow he doesn't up. kill his deer <clears throat> right. in that area. I wouldn't and, mind. <laughs> but I, I don't do that because I respect, you know, I, I have the utmost respect for hunters in general. But yeah. I have a lot of respect for Mutsy and, and the things that I've learned from him. And I, I just couldn't do that. You know? yeah. we, we all hunt together in per se. We you know we hang out after and stuff, but we all have our own ways and our own things. Everybody's you know? yeah. got their own little like a secret or favorite type of spot right. that they like to go. Yeah, just right. on Everyone, their own kind of. Right. Yeah. yeah, this is the most I've heard about Mutsies. I want to keep talking. You, you ask more questions. <laughs> you think you think right that a lot of people run into a problem by just moving through the woods too quickly? Like, you know, say for us for an example, maybe we just you know. The way you guys sound like you hunt, you guys just, like you said, you take a while to get 200 Long yards. Time. Yeah. If you we look at them, if you, if we, you, if you look at a map cover ground. and you have an idea where you want to go, I, I know we have a habit of rushing, not rushing, not rushing. Area, like we're still taking our time, but, but not like you said. Yeah. But, you're waiting 30 minutes and then making a move. Yeah, and, and I mean, the main reason I, I, I do that when there's no snow on the ground is I learned from tracking yeah. that we walk by deer all the time i can't tell you how many right, bucks you're right yeah. we have had yep. from, from here to the right chair to you. just or not move no okay. not move at all we see them they don't see us or vice versa they see us but they're hoping we don't see them right and i mean they're right there so when there's no snow on the ground imagine how well they blend in you know right, right, so right. i'm constantly scanning and looking for antlers that's how I've killed a lot of deer. It's just oh, there's an antler yeah, right there. You'll catch yeah. an ear or a tail yeah. flicker. Or Most just... people they look for the whole deer. And it was funny. I was no. telling my yeah. wife, this. "You're only going to see pieces." Exactly. Yeah, my wife, we were out hunting. She's like, yeah, "I was terrible. like, there's a deer over there. There's a deer right there." And she's like, "How the hell are you seeing all these deer?" And I'm like, "I'm not actually looking for the deer." I'm looking for something that's... Most everything in the woods is vertical, right? Up right. and down. You're right. These things, they're horizontal. horizontal. So if you see something that's horizontal, I key in on it. Like, wait a minute. And I might see, like he said, a tail, an ear, or an antler, or a part of an antler. Yep. And those are the things that if you really key on them, you'll see a lot more deer. Right. When you're looking for the whole deer, chances Perp. are you're not going to do it. Especially when you're tracking. If you're tracking... And you're looking for that deer bedded down. You may only see an antler. No, it's going to be covered in snow. Well, perfect regardless. example is last year or this year, I should say, that big buck I was tracking the last day in New Hampshire. I only saw its ear, and then because I saw a little flicker, so I stopped, brought my gun up, and then I could see its wet nose. I could see its breathing and everything. I waited, got my shot. I rushed it. By the way, I didn't kill it. <laughs> but <laughs> there was snow on the ground, and when I shot. Nine deer stood up. I didn't see didn't any see of those any. other deer, no. and I no was shit. yeah, and I was thirty-five yards. I bet that's from a these great deer. point. 
So yeah, that stuff TV. right there is what I think about when I'm moving through bare ground, when there's no snow or I'm calling is... They don't have to get up. They don't have they, to blow. They don't. they don't have to... And, and a lot of yeah. times, a big mature buck will not get up. If he knows you don't see him, we he's just not going to move. And... Yeah, he's just not going to move. We... I mean, I, I shot one one time standing in a, in a pine, uh, like a, a hemlock. It was just standing in there. It was really windy. 30 mile an hour winds, probably. That's one at the cemetery I got there with a shotgun you sold me. Um, I know right where that is. That's <laughs> <laughs> so you got two lucky guns now? Right. From me? All right. But that deer was, again, that deer was like 35 feet from me. Right. And it was just standing in that. And it, it, it didn't think I saw it, but it did. Mm. I kind of pretended I didn't see it. And then the last second, I turned and shot. And I dropped it right there. But. If I would have been just poking along and not paying attention, I'd have walked right by that deer, right. you know? My dad shot one right on the back side of the cemetery, like, right on pretty much the cemetery, walking right where you're saying. They like cemeteries. I know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't get that little spot where you're talking about. It's just like a perfect little... But, you little... know, Mutsy brought up a good point also is, you know, different... When you move five feet, you see a different perspective, right? Oh, yeah. Right. I'll never forget a big, a big buck I shot. True. If you're on... in thick... Places that have been cut where the undergrowth is yeah. eight, ten years old now, it's thick. So when you do get to a gap where you can look, you know. Well, I had this over in Maine. It was uh, thanks, the day after Thanksgiving. We had some snow. I was up on Wigan Mountain, and it's a big ridge area. And I was tracking this one buck. And I get up on there, and I stopped to tie my shoe. My, my hmm. boot had come untied. I bent down to tie it, and when I was looking down through the hemlocks, I see him about 50 yards away laying down under a hemlock looking at me. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I quickly, you know, I forget about the boot. I pull my rifle up. I had to move off to the side a little bit. I move off to the side a little bit. The deer stands up. I fire. Well, at that time, I fired. He took off running. I dinged three more at him, and, you know, the hunt really began at that point right and i ended up finishing that deer but i thought about it if i had kept on walking on his track the way that the branches were all laid down mm -hmm. with snow i never would have seen him till i got by him and he would have bounced out because my boot for whatever reason thanks for lucky yeah. stars yeah. i had to tie my boot i look there he is but it you know it worked out and i think of little things like that and sometimes when we're tracking you know when you're going i well, i'll send down and i'll bend down and look around just to kind of see the perspective from where they are laying down what yeah. are they seeing um but those bucks are always looking at their backtrack, you know. Right. Big time. All right. I think we're at time here. Uh, we need to have you guys come back on. Cause yeah, I'd love I think to. we need to come back. We need to I have a lot more yeah. to talk about. a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Back, back on. It's been good. Uh, Drink some more beers. That's for yeah, sure. man. Social, <laughs> no, no, What's up with that? Social Great media. Great juice is getting to me. <laughs> Where can people find you if they want to follow you? On, uh, you on Facebook? Yeah, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, not on Instagram okay. yet, but I am on Facebook. I just got onto that last year. We've got a few sponsors that are, are sponsoring us, so we nice. kind of try to promote some of that stuff. What's uh, your What's your name so people can follow you? Uh, Nathan Fenderson. Okay. And uh, Justin. Justin Thibodeau. Yep. Justin Same Thibodeau. deal. I'm on Facebook. Facebook. Yep. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, hey, you got an iPhone, got 1930 iPhone. Mutsy's on OnlyFans, <laughs> so. <laughs> Mutsy has one of those rotary phones. Yeah, yeah. Send me a text. Best I can do. All right, excellent. I appreciate awesome. you guys. You can reach Mutsy through me on Nate anytime. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you have any questions, cool. All right, guys, thank you. Cool. All right, cool. Thank, thank you. Nice. Been a pleasure. Together, it's like this.
times three But in the morning I'll know better Cause you're so bad, so bad for me So bad, so bad for me Oh, cause you're so bad, so bad for me Cause you're so bad, so bad for me